Right now, switch your family to T-Mobile and get four lines for $25 a line with AutoPay and 5G access included on America's largest 5G network. So don't wait. Get unlimited and nationwide 5G access for the whole family for just $25 a line. Visit a T-Mobile store or T-Mobile.com today. Plus taxes and fees. Customers may notice lower speeds and further reduction if using over 50 gigs a month due to data prioritization. Video at 480p. Unlimited while on our network. Qualifying credit for plus lines required. Capable device required for 5G. Coverage not available in some areas. Some uses may require certain features. See T-Mobile.com. What's up, everybody? This is Scott Yeager here with another edition of Challenge Mania. This episode is brought to you by The Impact. That's right. Our good friend Emily Schramm has these amazing workout backpacks, and you can get them along with a lot of Evolved Motion swag at theimpact.com slash mania. If you use the code mania, you get 15% off your order. Support our girl Emily Schramm. Work out. Get a nice summer bod in the process. It's theimpact.com, and use the code mania for 15% off. You didn't come for me. You came for D. So on the line right now, he was about to take a bite out of a chicken sandwich, but he didn't because he did not want to get busted for animal cruelty, just like Hunter and Turbo. Mr. Derek Kaczynski, what's up, dude? What's up, man? You know, I, I loved it when uh, Turbo came on the scene, uh, you know, when we just found out that, you know, the cast list, he was calling people chicken challengers. He was like, what chicken challengers are going to talk about me? And while everyone was sitting there, you know, t- they had those little like recaps of, you know, initial thoughts uh, of cast members. And when Turbo came out, nobody talked trash about him, you know, and he was like, huh, he seemed he seemed like he was expecting people to trash him and, and no one had anything to say. So, um, you know, here we are. Animal abuse, chicken challengers. Game of Thrones. Um, here we are, man. We're like at the mid-season of, 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 of the Challenge Mania podcast right now. By the way, I love I love the new new swag from uh, you know Craig Marrier. I'm sure you're. Oh, you're we're gonna your get vision. we're gonna get yeah. to all that. We're gonna get to all that. I just want to let everybody know what to expect from this episode. As you mentioned, we are here at the mid-season point of War of the Worlds. We've been diving into that every week over at patreon.com slash challenge mania in the war room. The entire cast, it seems like, just went out to the UK for a week to do the reunion. Some of them spent some extra time out there. And we thought, what a great time for you and I to just unpack this season, sort of like how we do in the war room, but do it here on Challenge Mania, here on iTunes, here on Google Play, Spotify, wherever you guys get your podcasts. You know what, D? We like to do long-form interviews here, but occasionally Occasionally, someone will hit us up. I know you see these messages on Instagram and people will be like, hey, why do you have all your talk about the episodes and the war room and the commentaries all behind this paywall at patreon.com slash challenge mania? And I always say, well, we try to give you guys the interviews for free and, and we made that stuff, you know, for the patrons, but you want it the other way around. So guess what? This week we're going to give it to you the other way around. So this week is sort of a war room for you guys here at iTunes, here at Google Play, a little freebie. We're going to do what we normally do in the war room, except in this massive mega sized episode of the war room. 
We're going to break down the whole season so far, talk about some of our highlights, lowlights, some of our MVPs, LVPs, do what we do over in the War Room, which is give out our Medal of Honor and Dishonorable Discharge. And uh, what we'll do along the way is, you know, we'll take some questions that we got from our patrons over at patreon.com slash challengemania. Some of these are questions people have been asking us for a while. We haven't ever answered on the show. So this will be a fun episode. But as I mentioned, no guests. So if you tuned in for a guest and you want to tune out now, that's fine. That's fine. Might not be for you, but uh, strap your seatbelt on. It's going to be a pretty fun episode. And then at the end of this episode, when me and D are done, I am going to play uh, a nice lengthy clip from last week's War Room episode with Melinda Collins. So technically, there will kind of be a guest in a roundabout way, uh, just to give you guys a little taste of what we do over there at patreon.com slash challenge mania. Sound good, D? Yeah, and just so people know, it's like, it, it, you know, we, we want, when our, we have guests come on, like, it's them telling their story, you know, in, in the war room, it's kind of like me and you going a little crazy in there. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't really want to give out all of my thoughts, you know, out, just out here to everybody because I'd probably get shot from multiple directions. I'm talking like bow and arrows though. Not like gun, gun wise. You know what I mean? You're talking like Theon Greyjoy. Oh, before I talk. Okay. So we're going to talk, we're going to talk a little bit about Game of Thrones here. Why don't we do this? So. Fast forward until, you know, fast forward a few minutes in case you don't want anything spoiled from Game of Thrones because a couple people complained to me because I used an analogy in an earlier episode of Game of Thrones that's literally from episode nine of season one on the Johnny Bananas podcast. And a couple people messaged me and said, damn it, you spoiled Game of Thrones for me. So I assumed 10 years was long enough. The statute of limitations had run up on the Ned Stark thing. But so we are going to talk a little bit about Sunday's episode of Game of Thrones, and we'll do that now. That way you can safely fast forward and listen to the end of the, the whole rest of the episode, Game of Thrones free. So whether if you don't care at all about Game of Thrones, you can fast forward till you hear us talking about something else. Or if you are not caught up on Game of Thrones or have not watched Sunday's premiere episode, go ahead and fast forward as well. Because we are in Game of Thrones mode, D. You mentioned our new Game of Thrones swag, Game of, Thro- Game of Thrones inspired swag, I should say, over at ChallengeMania.shop. It's got you and I in the in the armor with the swords. It's got the it says Challenge Mania podcast in the Game of Thrones style uh, font uh, put together by Craig Marrier, as you said. If you go to ChallengeMania.shop, free shipping on orders over $45 until, I believe, May 4th. So the day before Cinco de Mayo, Cinco de Mayo Eve, you can get that. Um, I mentioned, D, this is a nice segue. I mentioned the MPAC at the beginning of the podcast. You can go to TheMPAC.com and use the code MANIA and you get 15% off. But I used to make the joke in the impact spots we would do that if you want to carry around Johnny Bananas uh, like a backpack, well, we did a Game of Thrones Photoshop contest, and we got dozens and dozens of amazing entries. And if you go to my Twitter, at Shot of Jaeger, you go to Derek's, at DerekMTV, uh, if you go to our Facebook group, Facebook.com slash ChallengeMania Podcast, you can see a lot of those entries. But the winner was Alicia Trotter, and we ended up going with her entry because it was well put together, it was funny, and it had a great narrative to it. It was Hodor 
carrying Bran from Game of Thrones, who, if you guys don't watch the show, Hodor was this big gentleman who would carry around Bran, who did not have the use of his legs. He would kind of wear him like a backpack. Well, Alicia turned Hodor into CT and turned Bran into Brananas. And so it looks like Hodor carrying Bran, but it's, it's CT carrying bananas. And it is hysterical. So Alicia won. She won the Game of Thrones mega size prize pack. Got some Challenge Mania swag, Challenge Mania t-shirt, a Rob Stark signed photo, Season 6 DVD of Game of Thrones, a, uh, a leather-bound Stark journal with the Stark Dire Wolf on it. So um, she won first place. I just want to shout out the runners-up. We sent them some stuff as well. Julia had this really professional-looking. I mean, this thing could have been in a museum. It had uh, Cara Maria as Danny in the front and CT as Jon Snow in the back. And it just looked like – I mean, it looked like a screensaver. It was amazing. The best Photoshop work we saw. However, we didn't really see the narrative there between, you know, CT and Cara. It's not – you know, because obviously Danny and Johnny now have a thing. So the, we, we thought that the reason we gave first place to Alicia, although the patrons – I did do a poll over at the Patreon. The patrons did pick uh, Julia's entry. So I want her to have that distinction. She did win that sort of fan poll. We ultimately gave it to Alicia, but we did send some signed posters over to Julia – and then our man Matt turned in two of them. One was Kara as Daenerys with the four guys behind her. It's like the four of the Dothraki, but she turned uh, he turned the Dothraki into one was Pauly, one was Tom, one was Abe, one was Kyle. It was like all the guys that she's left in the dust in her in her trail on the and challenge. For the, and for the record, Kara did like that she one. She loved but, it. Of course but, she did. Well, I, we don't know if she – we loved it, but she definitely liked the picture, but Pauly didn't. Yeah, Paulie so, did not. I don't know if if I was Paulie, I probably wouldn't like it either. But um, Matt, in my head, yeah. in, in my head, I'm still thinking that uh, the guy that Paulie was in, in the back is still uh, sort of in the Game of Thrones is like this badass, you know what I mean? This like badass bad boy that you know Daenerys sleeps with, you know. Um, so I still and I thought uh, we didn't see him in the Game of Thrones uh, season eight premiere, but you, you're saying that that guy's still alive, Scott? Which guy? Dario? Is that his name? Yeah, Dario just says that we haven't seen him for a while. He's still alive, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Matt did, in addition to that, he did this hilarious one where uh, he turned the Hound into Turbo, and then he had a, one of Turbo's quotes from last week. I believe it was, you will not fuck me up. But the, the thing that the Hound has in common with Turbo, I don't know if you remember this, but um, the Hound also has an affinity for chickens, couple seasons ago, he goes to a restaurant. He's like, I'll have two chickens. He ends up killing some guy. I don't know if you remember that. So Matt Ort putting some good work together, too. We sent him a T-shirt and a koozie. So three winners. Alicia Trotter ultimately takes home the gold. But amazing work from you guys in the Game of Thrones Photoshop contest. Uh, really cool. We mentioned the Game of Thrones-inspired merch over at challengemania.shop. Check that out as well. But let's talk really quick so we can just put it over here and then we can move on because I do want people to feel like they can listen to this episode and it's a safe space. What would you think of the premiere episode, D? Um, I thought it was pretty cool. I mean, it just kind of, you know, it brings back all the main characters. You know, the the the, the, the lines have been drawn. You know, um, I, I told you I was going to go and compare and contrast uh, Game of Thrones with, with this, the, this season of the challenge already. And it was hard to do. You know what I mean? You don't want to talk about anybody in a bad light or as a bad guy. You know what I mean? Cause then we get in trouble here. But, you know, you know, like it was hard to pinpoint who Cersei would be. You know what I mean? Um, but, uh, but, but I could, but I, I could go out on a limb and say that the guy 
I don't know his name that that hooked up with Cersei in this season. Euron Greyjoy. Did remind me. What is his name? Euron Greyjoy. Euron reminds me a little bit of Bear. You know what I mean? Like he's coming for the throne hard. You know what I mean? Um, and he's kind of he's kind of funny. He's you know you, you know he's a bad guy, but he's you know it depends on how you look at it, right? Like everybody's trying to survive in the Game of Thrones, and this guy's got boats, you know. So it sounds like he's gonna take Cersei on a ride. Not only like that, but on the boats, because we find out that the White Walkers can't swim. And is that is that is, is that the truth? They can actually walk through the water, I, I believe. But Jon Snow says that they can't swim at some point. Um, well, yeah, the rumors are that they uh, cannot travel in the water. Rumors, whether it's swim uh, or walk. I mean, a lot of the water does get deep, D. It gets to a point where you can't walk when you're when you're in the middle of the water. Hmm. Um, Dawn Huey wants to know, she says, I would love to hear your Game of Thrones final season theories and predictions. Who will take the Iron Throne? Who will not survive? And favorite moments from the first episode. So sounds like you like Euron, uh, given the business to Cersei Lannister. Was that your favorite moment of this episode or was there, there are other things you no, dug? No, I just think that that's a major moment. You know, it's like everyone's thinking that Cersei is going to sort Cersei's army, the Lannister army, t- Tyron or Tyrion Lannister actually tells everybody in the north that um, that the Lannister army is coming. But it looks like Cersei is planning her getaway, you know, and it looks like Euron ain't going to fight nobody except back in the water on the ships. You know what I mean? Uh, but it, it wasn't my favorite moment, just a, one of those major moments, you know what I mean? And, and it doesn't sound like anyone's trusting Cersei. Um, my prediction is that once Daenerys finds out that Jon Snow is, uh, indeed the king of the seven kingdoms, that, uh, that she may try to kill him or have wow, someone kill him. That's a good uh, prediction. It, and maybe the guy that I was just talking about, the Pauly character that I was talking about, um, Dario, Dario, I think that if he if he's not dead, if, if that's a fact that maybe he he's comes back dead. because, you know, they, D- Daenerys and Jon Snow did hook up. So it gives him a reason to sort of kill Jon Snow and give Daenerys the, you know, and at some point maybe he's king. You know what I mean? Um, so I think she's going to be pissed when she finds that out, you know? Interesting. Yeah, I, it's interesting. We, we need to see how she deals with it. Uh, also how he approaches it. Cause, you know, Jon Snow, very pragmatic. He doesn't really love having all the, the glory and all the spotlight on him. And, you know, although technically he is the heir to the Iron Throne, does he want sole possession of it? Does he go with something a little bit more diplomatic or democratic and kind of split it with her? I don't know if that's something you could do. Uh, how does he feel about being in love with his aunt? I think we'll find out a lot of this in the second episode here. As far as uh, my thoughts on the first episode, a lot of people were down on this episode because I think people expected, oh, there's only six episodes left. We're going to get just like balls to the wall action and twists throughout. But in a vacuum, I thought this is one of the better premieres of Game of Thrones. I think a lot of stuff happened. I just think that the stuff that happened is stuff we kind of already had penciled in. Like we as viewers already know that John is really Aegon Targaryen and is the heir to the Iron Throne. So him finding that out is good and all. It was cool, but like we already knew that. And like John riding the dragon was cool, but like we kind of expected that was going to happen. So uh, I think that we're building up to some cool stuff here down the road. I'm trying not to hold it against them that this one didn't really have like, you know, no major cast member 
members died or anything. Cast members. No, no major characters died or anything. Um, as far as who will take the Iron Throne, D, who do you, uh, see winding up on top? You, sounds like you might think Daenerys might go after Jon Snow. Does that think you think does that mean you think Daenerys winds up on the Iron Throne? Uh, you know, it's, it, it, some crazy part of me still thinks that Cersei continues her reign on the Iron Throne. Somehow, some way, like no one's been able to, you know, get close to really killing her except for that priest, the, uh, you know, the high, the high sparrow. He was like a, a priest. It was like the person you least expected to bring to to cage up Cersei at some point was this like priest, you know, so. Part of me believes that she's just going to continue her reign. You know what I mean? She's going to get away scot-free. Maybe they, maybe they do get away on those boats. You know what I mean? Um, and everyone dies. And, and, and I, I do think that the, the dragons, Daenerys dragons with the fire, because the fire can kill the white walkers that they're going to do some damage. You know what I mean? So, but they got to get rid of that, the ice dragon, right? I think um, the white walkers and stuff. I, if you want my prediction, yes. Like I think that this next episode, is sort of a continuation of the first episode. We're moving a little bit closer to the White Walkers and maybe we get one or two bigger moments here, but I think that we're building up to the war with the White Walkers sort of mid-season here. I think we knock them out. I think they're done. And then I think we kind of round out, you know, human on human mm. crime is I think what we really, cause let's be honest. Nice. I, I don't know about you. I know you're a Walking Dead fan, but I do think there's a, a type of Game of Thrones fan and I'm one of them. That tolerates the zombie stuff, tolerates the White Walker stuff. You know, they do a good job of making it visually interesting and not going over, like making it so overwhelming that it just com- completely ruins the show. But I'm more about the human on human stuff. I'm more about the politics. I'm more about the, you know, the King's Landing stuff, the Winterfell stuff. So the sooner we can get rid of the Night King and all that jazz, the better. And I think that's going to happen around mid-season. And then I think last two episodes are going to be where does this whole thing shake out? Good and evil with the, uh, and who ends up on the Iron Throne. I think that we're going to lose a lot of major characters. I do think that we're probably going to lose all the major bad characters. I'd be surprised if Cersei made it out alive. A lot of people's prediction is that Jamie ends up killing Cersei. I do kind of agree Ooh. with that. Um, I do agree with that. Um, what was interesting here though, in this premiere, we have Cersei paying Braun to go after Tyrion and Jaime, who we know he's got a soft spot for both of them. He was good friends with Tyrion in the earlier seasons, and then him and Jaime spent a lot of time together in the more recent seasons. He even saved Jaime's life last season. Do you think if presented with the opportunity, Braun would actually kill Jaime or or Tyrion? I mean, uh, to me, it's like, just take the money and go have a beer with him, right? Yeah, I, I don't think he's going to kill them. I, I don't think he's like that. Um, but actually, why, when I was, well, why show us that then if it doesn't lead to something? I mean, Game of Thrones is just, I mean, this world is like, it never works out that easy. It's never like, ah, you idiot, Cersei, you paid one of their buddies to go after him. Aha. Like, there's got to be something that comes with it. Maybe he goes, maybe he gets close enough along in the process and kind of like has his crossbow pointed at them and he's probably not going to do it, but somebody like sees him and then they kill Braun, maybe. That's what yeah. I'm thinking. Something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, but Braun's a survivor, man. Up like, until this I, I point, feel, sure. Yeah, I just, I just think that like he's, he's another like I, I, I yes, I, I do believe that he's like a character that you can get rid of, but like up until now, he's been like this, you know, kind of free flowing, like doesn't really give a shit, like just goes with the flow, you know, type of mentality. And if there's like a s- simpler way out, 
for them to do things, like he'll do it. And if he's got to fight, he'll fight. He, he reminds me of Kyle a lot, Scott. Not, not to, you know, I wanted to go back and forth, compare and contrast, because I do believe that the challenge is like the, the best competition show on and the longest running on the planet right now. You know what I mean? Like we have Survivor. I've been watching that. Big Brother, I watched that. The challenge, I've been in it, and it's only growing and getting better. And I think that what HBO and, and, and Game of Thrones did with the, the the season premiere is they sort of set up these characters for all of these new audiences and new people that are coming in and trying to give Game of Thrones a shot, you know? Um, because let's face it, not everyone has time to go back and watch seven seasons, but everybody hears about the, the hype of the Game of Thrones. So how do you get people more eyeballs to watch just like MTV has done? Um, well, they... They reached out. They got characters with like big followings that are just as, you know, extravagant as, as, as some in the past. But just to set things up with season eight, as, as, as you said, was not like this, like, you know, hugely compelling beginning of a season. Um, I think that they're setting everything up so people can understand and watch right as if this was the beginning. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know that there's too many people that are like, all right, Game of Thrones, I'll give it a shot. You know, 81 episodes in or whatever it's been. I just, you know, I just, I don't think so. I think, I think people do do the binge. They gave, they gave everybody a long enough amount of time. I think a lot of people have binged the first seven seasons. I don't think many people are coming in episode one, but I see your point. Well, I see, I see what you're saying. I mean, if, if they're in like episode, if they say they're in like season four, like if they say they just couldn't get that far or they were like, I'm just going to watch season seven, they can still walk into this and be like, all right, it's all these people. That essentially, you know, coming from different like worlds, I think Game of Thrones, like, you can watch every the, episode the, the and still not understand it. Like, look, you've seen every episode and you're still like uh, the guy with the with the boats. What's his name? You know what I mean? It's a hard yes. show to follow, even if you pay yes. close attention. Yes. The only yes. reason I know all these people's names is I listen to like ten Game of Thrones podcasts. I've seen every oh, wow. episode five times. Like, Holy it's cow. it's not even a show where you can watch it and kind of just compute it on a on, on a simple level, you know. So. I would say somebody coming in just without having seen any of it or only seen a few seasons, they would be so lost. It's not even funny because a lot of the characters they talk about, you've never even seen like Jon Snow's parents have never even been on the show. You know, Leanna Stark or whatever her name is uh, like these people haven't even had a presence on the show. So to have an understanding about all this backstory that plays a part in all these major twists, you really have to be like doing your homework. Yeah, but but you can be like, all right, so this is the actual king. This is what this guy is telling them. Uh, Daenerys just told what's his name, the Tully, uh, the 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 priest, whatever the hell his name is. What's his name, the Tully, the Tully, the, the priest, Sam. Sam. Yeah, he's not Sam. a priest. What, whatever, whatever he is, he's like a monk. <laughs> he's not a, a monk lot. either. <laughs> whatever, whatever he is. Daenerys walks in and says, "I killed your brother and your father." Right. Right. Like that's that's fucked up. And then he goes and tells Jon Snow. He walks up to Bran. Bran says, you got to tell your brother right now. He goes down there and says, you're the actual king of the Iron Throne. Like that's pretty simplified. I mean, like, you know, it's pretty simplified. Okay. Like someone's telling you you're the king. For some reason, you haven't fast forwarded and you're listening to our conversation. Does this sound like English to you or does it sound like we're speaking another language from another planet? You let us know. Um, so, okay, D, um, bow and arrow to your head. Who do you think winds up 
on the Iron Throne at the end of this season? Jon Snow. Jon Snow. Okay, interesting. Yeah. I'm going to go with a theory that I've heard somewhere else, so I'm not taking credit for it, but that it's not going to be just someone on the Iron Throne at the end of the season. The hashtag yeah. is for the throne. Oh, who's going to wind up on the Iron Throne? I think that's the problem with this whole show. Every season we've seen so far and what sounds like the thousands of years before this we never saw is that people are trying to kill each other because they want to be on the throne. So I think they finally come this this whole learning experience of having to take out the zombies and the White Walkers. They learn from it and they say, you know what? Maybe we don't just put one person on the throne. Maybe we have a council. Maybe we have like a senate. And maybe they invent like some sort of democracy, you know? Maybe well, every, uh, every place has their own king or something like that. And you have, you know, real, you have the king of the north and you have the king of, you know, Westeros and Easteros or whatever. And, uh, Essex, Essex, I forget what the, uh, yeah, Essos, Essos is the east. You know what I mean? I think it's going to be something Dorn. like that. Yeah. I think that it's a misdirect, the whole for the throne. Who's going to wind up on the Iron Throne? I think that's the issue with all this is that everyone wants to be on the throne. They're so power hungry. So they will get rid of some of these people who really want that throne. Cersei, bye bye. I think Danny, Daenerys, Khaleesi, bye bye. Gone. You know, like she's a good guy, but I think she's done enough bad that I think she could go down. I think we'll probably lose like a Tyrion. I think we're definitely losing Jamie. Um, you know, and then I think maybe. I don't know if we lose John or not. Maybe he's around, but I think maybe we keep, we'll probably lose either one of Arya or John, keep the other one. I think Sansa might, you know, but we'll keep some, but I don't think it's going to be as simple as like, all right, guys, show's over and, uh, this person's the king now moving on, you know, their son will be the next king. I don't think it's going to be like that. I really don't. Yeah. Maybe the, the girl, what about, what about, um, here's a sleeper, not necessarily to be the king. Or the queen, if you will, but to like be the maybe in charge of Winterfell, um, homegirl, uh, what's her name? Oh my god, she's from the same place. Now I sound like you right now, uh, Mormont. Um, what the heck is her name? The, the 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 fiery, feisty girl. She's like twelve years old. She's always speaking up at all those town meetings. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Twelve year old girl. Got it. She's yeah. like a yeah. She's the queen of something. Yes, exactly. But she's 12, she's not. Right. She's 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 from. Um, oh my god! I have to look. Well, it this doesn't, up, so well, it like doesn't matter. It doesn't listen. It doesn't matter because basically what you're saying is there's going to be enough main characters left to sort of rule Leona each one Mormont. of their lands. So then later on, HBO can say, "Here's a spinoff." Well, they're already yeah, they're already Winterfell. doing a spinoff. They're, Here's well, a spinoff yeah. of you know Westeros, whatever King's Landing, right? Like, yeah, that makes, that, that makes sense. X so on the beach, be Dorn. Yeah. Um, all right. Enough Game of Thrones talk. Um, hopefully some of you are still with us. Hopefully some of you just fast forwarded to this point. Um, we got a lot of great questions, some of which are about this season, some of which are just like all over the place. So why don't we specifically talk about some of the stuff from War of the Worlds, which we cover every week in the War Room, which is after the episodes air over at patreon.com slash challenge mania, we go not live, but we do tape and put it up almost immediately thereafter. So if you're up at around 12 or one on Wednesday nights, that episode goes up. Some weeks it's just me and D. Some weeks we have a guest. Last week we had Melinda Collins. You're going to hear a bit of that interview at the end of this podcast. And coming up on this next episode, should we tell them who are, I'm not going to tell them quite yet. We'll tell them later in the episode, but we have a huge guest for our next episode of the war room. Let's talk about war of the worlds. What do you think 
if you had to describe this season to someone, I know we've used such so many Game of Thrones analogies with the Red Wedding, and you know, um, what it to you is if you had to summarize this season in a sentence, what sentence would that be? I think it's the road to the next generation of the challenge. That's great. That's a great sentence. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I didn't even prep you for that. And that was well done, my friend. Yeah. Um, I think it's been cool, man. I think it's, it's been cool to see like different, you know, see these, see these different characters come from these different worlds. Um, I think that. I, I think that MT, I think that the challenge has grown with this one, you know, and and seeing how you know, this, this isn't a spoiler. It's just this was all over social media a week ago is that the reunions in London, the premiere of the challenge is going to be in London. I didn't even know that the challenge wasn't played in, in London because I thought that the challenge I, I've heard over the years, people, you, you know, hitting me up from different countries. Yeah, those people are watching say, it illegally online. Okay. Okay. See, uh, is that is that what it is? Yeah. That's that's you know. So okay. I shouldn't use the word illegally. Those people are finding ways to watch it online. Their people are sharing the episodes with them. Maybe they buy them on iTunes. You know, it, it doesn't necessarily need to be illegally. Sorry, but these people, yeah, no, it just because because yeah, I hear it too, which is it's so humbling and amazing when somebody writes us an, an email and says, "Hey, I live in Istanbul," or "Hey, I live in you know uh, you know uh, Queenstown," or "I lived in." I, I, we get emails and messages from people all over the world. The challenge doesn't air in any of these places. <laughs> so these are people who are finding ways to watch it. Some of them are transplants. Some of them are, you know, college students. Some of them, you know, found out through somebody who was staying with them for a bit about the challenge. They were watching it on their iPad and then they became a fan and they just find their way to watch it. But I'll say it's a hard thing to do. Like Lindsay and I, when we go on vacation, you know, recently we were in Spain and then we were in New Zealand. And it's, it's hard. Like, even if you're, you're like, oh, I'll just watch, you know, Survivor on my CBS app. No, your CBS app knows you're in another country and they're like, can't do it. Not happening. So same goes for the challenge. So they don't, they don't make it easy for you, but the, the diehard fans, no matter where they live, you know, Tokyo, uh, everywhere. I mean, we've heard people from all over the place. They find ways to watch it. So I'm not saying I don't they're know. illegal, look, but they're finding look, ways. Look, I don't know if it's necessarily current. Right. Like they may be playing the gauntlet two in in you know, in, you know, France right now or something like that or in Norway. You know what I mean? Like, let us they, know if the gauntlet two is airing they, anywhere you live. Let us know. Or, or they may be be behind. You know what I mean? Like a, a, a few seasons behind or something like that. So I think eventually like the and I could be wrong. I, I feel like these seasons do get sold you know, or played in these other countries at, at, at some point, just years later. So that's from my understanding, because anytime someone hits me up from another country, I, I ask them like, oh my gosh, like, how are you seeing this? What season are you watching? And it's always like a, a bunch of seasons behind, you know what I mean? Russia, I've gotten, you know, I've gotten some, some, some people hit me from Russia before, you know, and it's like, what season are you watching? They would tell me, and it was like, always behind. And I was just fascinated and um, you know, just, just humbled that, you know, we're hearing about this from another country and I, I love it. I love hearing that. You know what I mean? So I don't know the exact Scott. I, I don't. 
All right, everybody, more with the interview in just a moment, but I do have to tell you about a new sponsor we're working with called BetterHelp. Uh, We all have moments in our life when stuff's getting you down, stuff interferes with your happiness, preventing you from being maybe productive, achieving your goals, whether they be daily goals, weekly goals. Uh, Sometimes it's hard to even want to get out of the house. And uh, BetterHelp, what they do is they provide online counseling. You get help on your own time at your own pace. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions plus chat and text with your therapist and you don't even have to leave your house. We've all suffered from stuff like this. Depression, stress, anxiety, relationship issues, anger, family conflicts, grief, self-esteem, sleeping issues, trauma. It's all stuff that is a part of life. And uh, anything you share with your counselor is absolutely confidential. That's a must. If you're not happy with your counselor for any reason, you can request a new one at any time. They have 3,000 U.S. licensed therapists across all 50 states. BetterHelp Online Counseling is there for you no matter what your issue is. There's four communication modes, text, chat, phone, and video. You can start communicating in under 24 hours. It's affordable, professional, convenient, secure. And we're really proud to be working with BetterHelp because they are providing a fantastic service for anyone who needs it. And as we know, mental health is a really important issue that isn't talked about enough. So we're happy to be talking about it here with you on Challenge Mania. Best of all, it's a truly affordable option. Challenge Mania listeners get 10% off with BetterHelp for your first month. All you got to do is use the discount code MANIA. Why not get started today? If you're having one of those days, go to betterhelp.com mania. Simply fill out a questionnaire and help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor that you will love. That's betterhelp.com mania. All right, back to the interview. Um, okay. You mentioned in that sentence summary that this is kind of a changing of the guard and the the next generation of the challenge. Michelle Taylor says, hey, Dee and Scott, if you could both pick four players, two men and two women, as your top four draft picks for the next season of the challenge, who would they be and why? Uh, Bears at the top of the list. Okay. Uh... Man, who's left here? Turbo's become such a fan favorite, man. Um, probably pick Turbo. Because he, you know, as much as I don't want to give the Jon Snow analogy away to anybody or similarity away to anybody, he's probably the closest one. I mean, I know you said they, they did him as the Hound. But right now, you know, I mean, he's he's such a likable character, you know? Um and who else? Um, two men, two women. So those are my two guys. Uh, let's see. Uh, tough. Tough. Speaking of uh, next season, did you hear uh, what people are thinking I don't know if you noticed, and, and granted, I did not stumble upon this because uh, I am blocked, but apparently Laurel Stuckey has, like, changed her background photos to challenge photos on her uh, Twitter. Uh-huh. So people are theorizing maybe she is uh, going to make a comeback. She would be a good one. She'd be a terror. I would pick her as one of my draft picks. Yeah, aren't you saying from this season? You, or from well, any season. I put you on the spot. It can be from any season, but you talking about this being sort of, you know, a changing of the guard, a start of a new generation. I was wondering, I was curious whether you would choose people from this season. 
I mean, you uh, got to remember also, you know, s- s- something that goes into this when you're quote unquote drafting is youth, how many future seasons this person has, you know what I mean? Like if you did an NBA draft today, you know, just because I don't know who's one of the better older players in the league, you know, you might, you might have somebody who's an, uh, you know, bad example, but you know, Dirk Nowitzki and, and, and Dwayne Wade, both great players, but they're on their way out, you know, so you wouldn't mm-hmm. pick them high at a draft, even mm-hmm. though people come to the stadium to see them. People come to the arena to see them. Hmm. Well, I mean, I, I'm starting to kind of like Theo too. Yeah. You know, I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm kind of slightly rooting for him a little bit. You know, he's just kind of like the, the guy in the background. He's, he's, he's not mixing it up with everybody. You know, um, you know, I'm interested in seeing him, you know, h- how far he can go. You know, I think that, I think the turbo characters, you know, been great for the challenge. You know, I also think that bear has been, you know, awesome for the challenge too, you know, all, you know, with his, you know, smart ass attitude and, you know, winning and losing ways. <laughs> like they're both like extra. They're like so extra that you're just like, you know, it's funny. I mean, the guy like jumped on a poker table while like eight people were playing on it. Like it's, it's ridiculous. You know what I mean? So, so uh, you're going bear turbo. And then the two women are, they have to be new women. No, whoever you want. Cause I went Laurel. So, Oh, whoever I want. See, now I'm confused. Draft. We're just doing a draft. You can guarantee oh, that these people are on the next season of the challenge. Your first pick was bear. My next pick is Laurel. Your next pick is Turbo. My next pick is Wes. Now, who is your first female pick? Uh, I will go with uh, we'll go with Georgia. Ah, see, co- yep, that's a good one. She was going to be to, my pick to to continue to you know to see the you know what happens with with Bear and Georgia, which I don't know. I, like, I'm not all about the relationships. You know, like I, I could do without them, but I mean. That was an interesting one because they both got a lot of fire. You know what I mean? You just wonder if it's going to exi- continue to exist. Um, but we all know, man, you know, once you, once you're a challenge couple, dude, it is, it is, you know, fire and ice, man. It is, it, it's crazy. Um, uh, all right. You went Georgia. Now like it's to, my pick. I, I like to see. Okay, go ahead. All right. I'm going. Uh, it's a toss up. Because I've I've taken a, a man and a woman so far, so I only have one more woman pick. But I, I'm deciding between two people. One is is one that we've seen the last two seasons. We've seen a lot of her. She's great. She's hilarious. Davon, and okay. then also someone we haven't seen in a while, but who's just doing her dirty work on Twitter and hosting her own new radio show, kicking it with Kayla, and obviously on your favorite show, Lindsay Lohan's Beach Club. I want to see Kayla back on the show. Yeah. I know she wasn't on the season, but again, she's, she's, she's not on this season, but I mean, we talk about all the, I mean, if we're just like following this Twitter madness in the, in, you know, the peripheral, periphery, peripheral, um, she, did you see that she's started following anyone who can prove that they were not, that they were blocked by Car Maria? Yeah. It was interesting to watch a block party. Like a follow fest. Yeah. Just, just move to another street. Block like, party, follow. A couple fest. weeks later, yeah, yeah. I think I think I'd go with like a Rachel Robinson, man. I think I want to see Rachel come back. Rachel Robinson, wow. Yeah. 
Yeah, because she's still even though even though she's an older cast member, she's still kicking like a younger cast member with three kids. She'd be interesting to see for sure. Because she's still, I mean, I think she's still got that fire, man. She always has, you know, you know, she's always been a trailblazer, man. And like, you know, I, I still think that, you know, she, you know, I still think she should get thrown as a thrown in as a mercenary. You know what I mean? Um, but but also like the emotional strain that these challenges take on you, it's, it, it's tough to deal with, man. You know, you, you go home and you're like, why the fuck did I put myself through that? And then you got to relive it again, you know, three, four, five months later. And then it has to go away then. You know what I mean? Then you, by that point, you're like, ah, I don't even know if I want to do this shit anymore. You know, so she's got three kids, you know, she's got the wife. Like, I don't, I just don't know if it, it'd be worth it for her. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. So with my last pick, D. No, we're doing three and three. No, I've only taken two guys. I've only taken one guy, Wes. Oh, gotcha. My last pick. I'm going with none other than arguably, I mean, in a weird roundabout way, we talk about who's the face of the challenge. We talk about, oh, it's Paulie the next Johnny Bananas. I mean, this guy has sort of, for the last calendar year, I mean, I can't think of an episode where he wasn't featured for at least 30, 40% of the episode, especially in the interview chair, and that's Kyle. Kyle's yeah. become as big of a part of this show as anybody. Kyle's Braun. Kyle is Braun. That's a good one. <laughs> wow, that's a good one. Yeah. Anybody, depend- I know the Photoshop contest is over, but if anybody wants to cherry pick some of the comparisons we've made and, and throw us a, uh, throw us an additional Photoshop, it's more than welcome. And, and depending on what side you are with Kara, she's either Daenerys or Cersei, because I just feel like, you know, even like Nani turning on her in this upcoming episode, I don't know if you want to call it turning on her, but they're beefing, you know? It's like, you know, a year ago, you know, she was she was Daenerys on top of the throne winning vendettas as like the only girl, you know, to have, have done it, you know, for the first time ever. And people like were in love with that. Like they like finally their Daenerys was, you know, there for the throne. And now ever since vendettas, like she's created all these enemies. You know what I mean? Um You know, so it's it's just interesting how all that has happened in like a year to the point where she's just like blocked her Twitter. You know what I mean? Like it's a just, mess. It blows, it blows my mind. It's, it's it a is mess. it's it is just like Game of Thrones, man. It's like but here's some the thing. Say, yeah. uh, oddly enough, we talk about how toxic the social media has been, how rabid the fan bases have been, how much the negativity seems to be at a peak and uh, positivity at a peak. Similarly, in other ways. You know, we talk about the higher, high ratings that this season has gotten. I mean, is that sort of, you know, go hand in hand with this? You know, are people so into the show these days, the mania, if you will, that you got to take the good with the bad? You know, highest rated season of the show in a long time. 
And thus the, 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 the people from this season are the most polarizing that they've been in a long time. Johnny Bananas as popular as ever, but also the people who are out to get him are out to get him. You know, Amanda, someone who people loathe and other, and other people love and spend their days trying to stick up for. Cara Maria, as you mentioned, she's either your Daenerys or she's your Cersei. She's nobody's, I don't know, Mira. Who nobody cares about, you know? It's, it's, everyone is very polarizing these days. The show itself has such a, a stranglehold over people's emotions. It's a good thing for the ratings. I'd argue it's a bad thing for people's headspaces. You know, you see a lot of people with the cast members, if you will, and, and, and actually just the, the fans of the stands, the maniacs, you know, I'm going to shut down my Twitter for a couple of days. I'm going to do a little social media cleanse. I've had too much of this. You know, it's too much. I've, you know, too many people have gotten to me with the negativity and it's, and, and, and it, it sucks to see, but it definitely comes with the territory here. You know, you see it on both sides. See the people who haven't even been on this show who are just kind of getting involved in the commentary and, and, uh, you know, getting into kind of side feuds with people who they have obviously played with in the past, but aren't playing with currently. And, uh, it's messy out there, man. I mean, just trying to stay, you know, as close to the middle as we can, just, you know, it's, it's, it's hard. I mean, just even talking about it, people just even hearing their name come out of your mouth, whether you're giving them a compliment or not. And people are, are just, you know, touchy everybody. I think they're, everyone's guard is up these days. I'm here to celebrate the madness, Scott, and, uh, and everything that, um, each cast member puts into the show. Because like I said before, man, you can't, you can't do it. You can't be on these shows without basically, you know, putting your life out there and, and potentially getting burned. You know what I mean? So it, it's a very difficult thing to do, whether you're on the good side or the bad side of, uh, and look, not everybody's going to like everybody. You know what I mean? So, but the thing is, what you just said is either you're, you're either loved or you're hated, you know, is the way you put it, you know? Um, You've been using this polarizing word for like a long time. And I'm just like, what the hell does that mean? What does that mean? It sounds like whether you, whether you're liked or disliked, they're talking about you, you know, exactly. one way or another. Yes, exactly. That's exactly what polarizing means. You know, it's like you're polar opposites, you know, you're one side of the pole or the other North pole, South pole. Nobody's just, you know, in Florida, you mm-hmm. know, you're, you're either the villain or the hero. You're not just the guy. You're not just the gal. Let's talk about some of the big moments this season so far, D. To to you, what stands out as you to you as the biggest game move of War of the World so far? Well, I just think from the beginning, you know, it was very Game of Thrones like. You know, it was like for the throne, man. We're coming straight for the throne, and the first person that got chopped was was Ashley, the reigning champion. Got chopped by the guy that lost to her by 31 seconds. You know what I mean? Like, that's poetic, dude. That is unbelievable. It was like, you know, it was like, you know, Jamie Lannister went and killed Cersei at that moment. Scott, I'm not calling, I'm not saying that Ashley's Cersei. I'm just saying that some people did not like her move at that time. And here goes Jamie Lannister, per se, the guy that's basically Loved her at some point. I'm not saying he loved her at some point. I'm just saying it was very like Game of Thrones like. It was like for the throne. The hunter's like, no, it's my turn. I'm going for the throne. You're not going to have it. You know what I'm saying? Um, 
you know, and then you go right down the line and you got Johnny Bananas, right? Who is it? Was he the, the next one gone? Six time challenge champ. Like you referred to him as Ned Stark at some point. I wouldn't call him. I, I don't think I'd call him Ned Stark, man. Um, I, I, it's, it's hard, you know, he's, you know, it, I wouldn't call him like this, like, you know, one of these like good characters necessarily, you know what I mean? It's very charming. Some people like him. A lot of people hate him. You well, know let me, I mean? okay. So, so sorry. Fast forward two minutes. If you don't want a game of Thrones spoiler uh, from season one, the reason I said he's the Ned Stark is because you described this season as be as ushering in the next generation of the challenge, right? So Game of Thrones, you watch season one thinking that it's about Ned Stark. You know, Ned Stark's played by arguably the most recognizable actor on the show. You recognize him from Lord of the Rings, GoldenEye, Sean Bean. And then come the end of that season, Ned Stark gets his head cut off. And now you realize, oh, the show's about the kids. The show's about Jon Snow. The show's about Sansa. The show's about Arya. The show's about Theon. The show's about the kids. And the show's about the fallout of Ned Stark getting his head cut off so the whole thing about johnny bananas is you know from his debut on the challenge to now was season one of game of thrones and now he got his head cut off at the second episode of this season to usher in the bears and the theos and the turbos and the georgias and the maddies that's what i mean not that he was well liked like ned stark just that you had to cut off the head of johnny bananas for him not to overshadow all these people on this show Wes, although he's a veteran, although he's a big name, is playing with these guys. He's playing with Hunter. You know, he's he's going against Bear. If you had Johnny out there giving his speeches every dinner out there, love war and challenges this and that. You know, if you if you still had Ashley out there, you know, it would overshadow these people a little bit. You get rid of Ashley, you get rid of Zach, you get rid of Leroy, you get rid of Johnny, and guess what? Guess who's thriving? Bear and Kyle and Paulie and. Theo and Turbo and and Georgia. These are the new faces we've actually gotten to spend time with this season because we cut off Johnny Banana's head early. That's what I mean. Yeah, I get what you're saying. And and before people hate on me for calling anybody Cersei, you know, whether you're the Carmrie side or the Ashley side, like my point is, is like these are the this like Ashley was the queen. You know what I mean? She had the crown. You know what I mean? And the guy that you know, essentially maybe loved her or at some point went and like killed her off. You know what I mean? Like, I think that that was to start off the season was like, you know, what an incredible like lead off hit. You know what I mean? It was just, it was, it was, it was an incredible like lead off hitter for me. You know what I mean? Um, and you know, Ashley's one of those people that I want to continue seeing back on the challenge. You know what I mean? Cause I just think that she's a fun character to watch. You know what I mean? Um, and then, and so, and then going forward, you know, like, you know, Wes's, you know, I think that Wes's reign, you know, and, you know, again, I, it, people may hate me for this too, but I almost feel like he's the Night King, you know, and he's got this army and he's marching in and he's taking out, you know, every person, every big head that has stood in his way, you know, um, you know, including, you know, Zach, including, um, including CT, including, um, uh, Johnny. You know what I mean? I so think Wes one- is Littlefinger. Ah. Yeah, but Littlefinger's dead. Now he is, but, you know, if we're going back to, like, using the, you know, the season analogy and stuff. I know Littlefinger eventually dies and maybe, you know, a few seasons from now, we will see, you know, one of these younger cats finally cut off Wes's head. 
slit his throat. Yeah. Spoiler alert again. Well, as of as of right now, he's still marching for the throne, and he has a, a few people. You know, he has he has Kyle, he has um, he has Hunter. You know, so it's you know, I still think that he's marching on. You know, and he's he's getting closer to that. You know, to the seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. You know what I mean? He's getting close. Um, but I think those are that's a major moment too. You know? Yeah. Moments. What about okay? Who has had the best performance in either an elimination or a daily so far? I think seeing CT in on the killing floor in an elimination was a surprise in itself. I think that that was a big deal. You don't see CT in many eliminations, let alone physical ones. Yes, we see you know him with the Johnny Bananas backpack, um, but you, you don't see a lot of those. You know what I mean? You don't see him in in, in these. You know, we've seen eliminations that he was in that are like that are like puzzles. You know what I mean? Uh, I take it back. I, look, I just don't think, you know, CT doesn't go in, in a lot of eliminations, man. So to see him on the killing floor against two men where you think that he's definitely going to take the cake as the, as the, uh, as what's his name? Oh my gosh. What's the guy in the Game of Thrones? The big monster? The mountain. The mountain. You see him on the killing floor as the mountain against two guys and then he loses. He loses. I think that that was a huge deal, a huge elimination, a huge play, you know? However that worked out, it was like random. It was exactly – it was like the Game of Thrones. It was like – it was like how did – like like it's happened before. Like the – oh my gosh, what's his fucking name again? The mountain. It was the mountain against the guy from the Dorn. Viper. Like it wasn't supposed to happen like that. Like the Viper went and threw himself in, you know, to save Tyrion because – he just didn't like the guy or he wanted the challenge and you know viper but in won. this case the viper is jp ct is the mountain and they both get taken out by kyle who i guess as we mentioned is Braun. yeah who doesn't die who probably won't die you know? um okay let's move on to some questions that don't necessarily have to do with war of the worlds. We got a bunch of good ones, but before we do that, this will be a nice little break in the middle of the episode here. We do a little thing. I challenge mania called TR hell, which is we don't do it every episode, but if someone submits a song parody, that's either challenge related or challenge mania related, and it's doesn't even have to be that good. As long as it doesn't have any reason for us not to play, it's not mean about anybody. We're going to play it because we think it's really cool that you guys put your musical stylings to good work. And uh, this next one is from Sammy Nick. And Sammy knows something I love equally as much as I love the challenge in UD is Lin-Manuel Miranda's masterpiece, Hamilton, the musical. And I don't know if some of you guys know this, but Lindsay and I have seen Hamilton twice. And we actually, our wedding program was a parody itself of the Hamilton playbill. It, it looks just like the Hamilton playbill, except instead of Alexander Hamilton with his arm up, it's like a couple and the girl has her uh, bouquet in the air or whatever. You can see it if you go scroll down my Instagram at Scott of Yeager. Um, so big Hamilton mark over here. And Sammy must have known this because she did this song that we're about to play for you guys. It is a parody based on the great track from Hamilton, Satisfied. She calls it Challenge-fied. Here we go. Sammy Nick with the latest edition of TR Hell. All 
Challenge Mania Podcast, Sammy Nick, Scott, Derek, let's do this. A shout out to Scott, out to Scott, out to Scott, out to Scott, and to D, and to D, and to D, to the challenge, the please on MTV. Doesn't spill the tea. Spill the tea. Spill the tea. I remember that post, the first post. I remember that post, I remember that. I remember that post, the first post. Challenge Rainier, that sounds fun. I'm not really in the podcast, but I like Derek a little too long. A whole year later, I'm scanning social media for what they say. Cause Challenge Rainier kills and I can listen to it every day. I will never be the same. I hop in the car and I hear the theme play. All right, there it was. Challenge fight. What do you think? That was, I think, degree of difficulty wise. We've had some good ones so far, but that was, I know you're not a huge Hamilton fan, so you've probably not heard the original song, but that was like note for note, beat for beat, like an exact recreation of that song. And that is a tough song to recreate. So kudos to you, Sammy Nick. That was amazing. Yeah, I, I don't know how you do that. I, I, I once tried to do uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air uh, karaoke, and I, I butchered it. It was it was the it was the laughing stock of of my year. It was the worst thing ever. I'll never rewatch that. Lindsay clip ever again. and I like to play a game in uh, when we're driving in cars, which we also like to listen to Hamilton the soundtrack. Uh, but we'll play a game, which is you have to try to say the lyrics to the Fresh Prince of Bel Air theme. But you cannot say it in the cadence of the song. So you have to just say it conversationally. Like in West Philadelphia, born and raised on the playground is where I spend most of my days, you know, chilling out, Max. and relax. But you will naturally fall into the cadence. It's impossible. You never win. But next time you're alone in a car or in a waiting room or somewhere, you want to annoy people, try to play that game and uh, sing the song without the cadence. But um, thank you, Sammy. That was amazing. And if anybody wants to submit to TR Hell, you can email your MP3s, whatever file format you got, to challengemaniapodcast.com. We'll play them on a future episode of the show, as I mentioned, as long as they're not insulting anybody. But feel free to parody any song you like. Make it about the challenge. Make it about Challenge Mania. Make it about chickens. Uh, whatever you want to do. And, hey, we're looking for a theme for TR Hell itself. So that might be a good way to maybe get your song included in more than one episode. If you put together a theme for TR Hell, that maybe we could play to introduce TRL when we do play it on future shows. So thank you, Sammy. Thank you, everybody who submitted so far. I really appreciate it. Okay. Moving on. Before we get to our general questions, I want to bring up a little bit of news that, that uh, stumbled upon my desk, my uh, proverbial desk D, Reality Con. Have you heard of this? 
this reality uh, you, con they're putting together. I, I read it on the Rolling Stone Twitter, and uh, everybody's talking about it. It seems like MTV's involved. Stars and creators of some of television's most beloved and groundbreaking reality television series will come together for MTV's reality con in summer 2020, D. So, sounds like what we try to do with Challenge Mania Live. Like, sounds like something we've b- b- been doing with Challenge Mania Live, but kudos to them. Yeah. That's pretty damn cool. It's going to be a blowout, man. People are going to um, love it. No, that sounds awesome, and hopefully we can be involved somehow. If you want to make that happen, let them know that uh, – because I did read the description. It looks like they're going to be doing panels and all that good stuff, and you know who can do a panel. So let them know that you want to see Challenge Mania involved, and uh, maybe we can be a part of it. That would be very cool. So it's down the line, but these things get planned far in advance. Um Speaking of which, we are starting to cross some T's, dot some I's, and put together some potential dates for Challenge Mania Lives that should hopefully be coming to a city near you in the early summer. I forget what day summer starts. I'll never forget what day spring starts because my son, Brock, was born on the first day of spring, March 20th. I'll also never forget when Hunter Brian Barfield was born, also March 20th. Uh, but I forget when summer is, but early summer, if not very late spring, we'll uh, start hitting uh, clubs near you for comedy clubs, that is. Not those dirty clubs clubs where you guys do that nasty dancing um we will be coming to comedy clubs near near you for challenge mania live so stay tuned to our twitters stay tuned to facebook.com slash challenge mania podcast and uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun and keep letting us know who you want to see on those shows with us we'll, we'll try to make it uh Make it happen for you guys. All right. Rebecca Siegel has been writing us this question. Every Almost every single war room, she turns to this question. We never got to it. What's up, so Rebecca? This is the perfect time to answer it. If you could make a challenge-themed attraction or show for a theme park, D, how would you do it? Uh, well, it, it, would, it, would, it would – theme park meaning roller coasters or yeah, like – Yeah, roller coaster – interactive show like they have the fear factor thing at universal that we almost did so if if i were putting together in like a carnival or some sort of like a fair theme park sure if you really got the money we'll call it a theme park right i would take all of the challenges that were like say the war of the worlds like i would try to recreate those little mini competitions and let everyone try them you know if if you could whether it's, you know, like if say we're, you know, a hundred feet in the air and we're blindfolded, like we don't have to be a hundred feet in the air, right? Like you could still be like, you know, 10 feet off the ground, five to three feet off the ground and see if you could do it blindfolded. And if you fall off, you're like falling off into like a, a padded, like a little padded area. You know what I mean? Um, but you're blindfolded and you're, you know what I mean? You're hooked on to somebody like, um, you know, who does it? want to do a stick wrestle with the mountain you know what i'm saying um just kidding obviously we would probably end up hurting ourselves if you just had like ct waiting there you know waiting to like take on everyone in line uh, that's that that's not but maybe take a picture with ct um or or someone that's on the challenge and uh you go ahead and, and stick wrestle someone that you signed a waiver to to stick wrestle against for i don't know Five minutes. You got a five minute time cap. You know what I mean? 
I think Maybe it'd be cool. You know, I mean, they do these at like carnivals and fairs and Six Flags and stuff where you're, you know, you're on a harness and you're in the air and stuff like that. I think it'd be cool to do one of those like rings challenges type deal. Maybe you're not going against somebody per se, but you are like trying to cut, you're, you're, you're hoisted in the air and you're trying to, you know, the suspension stuff. I, I think that would be awesome because visually it looks cool. You get some great shots for your Instagram. It kind of, you know, registers as a lot of those daily challenges that make the challenge uh, so visually impressive. And it seems like something they could do. I mean, they have stuff like that already at Six Flags and other amusement parks I've I've, I've been at. So even just tack on like a, a video of TJ explaining it to you before, and boom, you've got the challenge ride at Six Flags. Um, I'm not sure how much background noise my mic can pick up, but if you do hear a baby crying in the background, that is the uh, the lovely voice of my beautiful son Brock, who is quite the singer, and he likes to test out his pipe sometimes. So if you do hear that, that's Brock. And uh, apologies if it's uh, too much, but who knows? All right. Nick Lewis, Derek, has there been a past season that you weren't on, and after the season aired, you were glad you didn't appear on it? Uh, I feel like that final reckoning wasn't something that I necessarily want to be a part of, you know, even though they started yeah, doing the most, I you know, know, because I just think that there's still like an asterisk next to that. Like I asterisk, uh, next to that. I, I don't know. You know what I mean? Just like, uh, letting the players come in like late, um, and, and like some of the game, you know, with the equalizer, the controversial, controversial equalizers, like I just that's you know I just don't like the way all that was, um you know the funky finale like I just don't like the way it was, um you know set up and you know you go in the redemption house and you you get a chance to get back in but you know you're sitting in the redemption house for like a week and a half ten days or whatever I don't know man just I thought that was that's that's one I probably wouldn't have liked to been a part of. You know that what makes I mean? sense. And I should have said also, Rebecca, to make a challenge-themed attraction happen in your living room or in your backyard, you can go to the mpack.com slash mania, pick up a couple of mpacks, throw some of those weight packs that Emily also sells in there, and you can do your own daily challenges at your home, pick up some Evolve Motion gear, just use the code mania, 15% off. That's the way you can play challenge at your own home. Just saying. Sammy. Scott, non-challenge question. What's your favorite part about being a dad so far? Oh, man, a lot of cool stuff. But uh, my favorite part is that my son, some of you might not know this, is the most adorable thing in the world. So just kind of looking at him do anything is great. We've been doing this thing called tummy time where you put them on their tummy. I'm sure you know what this is. And you, you, it's to get them to li- lift their neck and kind of build their neck muscles. Not really supposed to be doing it for like a few more weeks, even a few more months. But uh, he's going to be four weeks tomorrow and he's already lifting his neck. I'm not. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. He's yeah. a really cute kid, Scott. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. Thanks for the question, Sammy. By the way, I should tell you this, D. We're going to each choose our favorite question. Try to keep track of these questions as we ask them because we are each going to pick our favorite question that we ask, and we're going to send those two people sticker packs. Got a lot of new stickers in these days. We've got challenge accepted bumper stickers. Uh, we got the Just Stew It, like the Nike logo. Uh, we got some new challenge, but we got the Game of Thrones sticker. We got a lot of cool stickers in the house. If you want any of them, you can just email challengemaniapodcast at gmail.com to purchase some, but also uh, you go, you can win a sticker pack if we pick your uh, question here. Alyssa Jones, are talent recruiters allowed to be interviewed? It'd be great to get their perspe- uh, perspective on how people are cast. 
Hmm. Um, no, it's not whether they're a lot. I, I think that those, the people who are just actively working on these shows don't do a lot of interviews typically, especially those in casting. Um, it's not something you see very often, Alyssa. Yeah, I would love to pick the brains of casting directors and see exactly what they're looking for. You know what I mean? Uh, I think that would be awesome. But I'd now love to it's do that like, we talk about it all the time, the, the changing of the formats. Like it used to be a casting director who set up shop at these, you know, they would go and they would tour the country and they'd scour thousands and try to find the best people for, you know, the real world or road rules and, and whatnot. Now, what are they just watching these other shows? Are they getting tips from other people who watch these shows? It's, it's probably like a different position. Is it still casting even? Yeah, you know? I, I'm sure. I'm sure it's still casting. I'm sure someone has to still do like the legwork to more find. Like ta- it's probably like more of a talent person who has like relationships with the managers and stuff. Because like you're, you're, you 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 want to know where the, when the exclusivity winds up. You want to know how much money they need. You know the original casting director position. None of that stuff matters. You're plucking people from obscurity. They got to take it or leave it, no matter what. You know they're living off of wafers and two hundred dollar checks. You know, it's, they want the dream of being on television. Now it's, you know, you hear rumors of people getting guaranteed six figure deals to do the show now. So it's a different ball game. It's just a, it's still quote unquote casting, but it's the way that you cast a celebrity to be on give, you know, the show that I used to be on or the way you cast a, 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 or book a guest to be on a talk show. It's one of those types of positions. I don't know that it's the same type of position of, can you interview 2000 people, bog it down to 30, then bog that down to three. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, another one from Rebecca Siegel. If you could cast a season of Champs versus Stars, who would you cast? I don't know if that show's coming back. We might have seen the end of it. But if we haven't, D, any like celebs you would have liked to have seen on it or any people who, uh, I think screw the, screw the celebs guys, you know, Get a cool celebrity host, but let's do it. Fill that slot with like veterans and like I'm talking veterans who you might think their ship has sailed. You maybe don't want to give them a spot on a full on challenge. Let's do that. Let's have, let's have some fun that way. Let's get 10 people who played the challenge pre 2008 and let's bring on some new cats and do, oh, and do that as like a little spin off kind of thing. You know, I think that'd be fun. That's what I would do with it. What about you? Well, are we, did they say bring someone from Champs versus Stars and no, put them on saying, the challenge? No, she's saying, no, 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 I, I'm just, she's saying, if you could cast a season of Champs versus Stars, who would you cast? And I'm mm-hmm. saying just overhaul it. You know, I don't need to see, you know, uh, Joey Fatone on Champs versus Stars. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't need um, Donnie Jeffco from Wild and Crazy Kids going against CT in a, in a field in, in Lynn, Los Angeles. Yeah. I, I mean, I do think that like, these celebrities, you know, may, may have heard of the show or understand the show more. And they're like, wow, you're really like, you know, putting yourself at risk of getting injured, of getting hurt, of getting your face smashed. Like, you sure you really want to do so? I think it's probably hard to get those, you know, I mean, get these like big celebs, you know, they're doing that with the challenge. They're just reaching out to, you know, people that have followings that are, you know, bonkers. That, that are self-made and they're bringing that audience to the challenge now. You know what I mean? So, you know, could they, could they do that for a version of Champs vs. Stars? You know, could they bring in Bear and Kyle to do Champs vs. Stars for three weeks? I don't know. Maybe. That's kind of a waste of them. All do right. both. 
Do both. They, CT was doing them back to back to back to back. Shuni you know? Shaw, do you think BMP really looks at social media to make future decisions of the show? If so, how does all the negativity fit into the future of the show? D, what do you think? Do they really care what people are saying on the, on the Twitter sphere? I don't know. Maybe I'm sure that if there's like, you know, people really dislike each other, they're taking that into consideration. But, you know, for the most part, I think that they're just looking at, you know, footage that they have that they can take into the next, you know, contest and put that up on display and show people that these two people dislike each other or, you know, major moments in the challenge, you know, like, you know, who's been fighting this season? probably get called next season i would imagine you know what i mean like what were your major blow-ups what were your major fights uh you know wes has been in a bunch of them i wouldn't be surprised if you know if if his schedule works out that that would happen again you know he's been in a couple of them you know what i mean uh but do you think for instance like i I think uh, something people are often wondering and pardon me shuni if this isn't what you meant but um you know, a lot of people on social media will try to, you know, talk about, hey, we want more of this or we want this person on the show or well, give us less of this or, you know, tell us more about this or show the scores or have less of this or we don't like Redemption House, whatever. Like, do you think they take the feedback um, that is delivered on social media? I in, do. In addition, you do. I do. I do. I do. Because it, here's one prime example is a lot of people were talking about uh, going back to that simple format of um you know competition deliberation elimination or and then some house drama in between there like you know and they did that you know and they have and the ratings are are doing well it could be of a comp because of a combination of of a couple different things and the, the numbers that these you know these celebrities overseas are bringing um but also maybe the format's helping too you know um I don't know. I think if people scream loud enough that, you know, they're listening. I think that they are listening and they will take things into consideration, you know? I think if they're maybe deciding between two things, they'll lean towards what they're, what they're hearing. But, uh, I don't think, I mean, no matter how much you guys complain that you don't like this person, if they like them, they're casting them. You yes. know, uh, if, if, no matter how much you tell them you like this person, if they see that that, if they think that person's ship has sailed, they're not casting that person, unfortunately. But I do yeah. think if they're deciding between this person they like and this person they like, maybe they will, you know, who knows? Maybe. Uh, Johnny Callahan, now that there are no longer teams and they're switching off between male and female elimination days, do you think there should be more of an incentive for them to perform well on challenges where there aren't a risk of their elimination? The power of the tribunal is nice, but if I'm not at risk to get sent in, I might not try as hard so I can save my energy. And I'll add so you could save maybe the chance of you getting injured. D, you've performed on many challenges where you knew that it was, say, a girl's elimination day, right? Yeah. What reason do you have to go for it? Like, or, and, or, or is it as simple as you're right, John? We don't. Um, no, I, I think that there are, you can still instill fear into your opponent by doing well in a competition. And you can also show weakness by not doing well in the competition. So if you want to throw this challenge and look weak and in front of some of the guys that already are hunting you, then go ahead and give people another reason to vote you in the next time. Like you can do that or you can go out there, kick some ass, flex your muscles and show that, you know, 
if you were thinking about voting me in or, or, or calling me out on the killing floor, think again. Think again. Maybe you should look in a different direction because I just crushed that competition. Make sense? Mm-hmm. No, totally. Um, Jennifer Thanks, House. John. Um, Jennifer House. I feel like the real Young Bucks Lavender Ladies alliances against the vets started happening because of Invasion of the Champions. It automatically created an us versus them mentality, which has ultimately changed the way the game is played, i.e. rookies for the most part don't have to prove themselves in eliminations anymore. Do you think that the challenge gods set this up um, versus then – wait um, – Oh, sorry. Do you think the challenge gods set up this us versus them format, hoping it would have an impact for future seasons to come and fundamentally change how the game is played for years? Or do you think this has been a happy accident? Okay. Very interesting question here. Um, so to summarize and D hopefully you followed is that basically Jennifer thinks that, that since invasion, the young bucks, the lavender ladies, the younger cast members have band together and gone are the days where it was as simple as, oh, you guys haven't done a lot of challenges. You got to go in first. You're going in again. You're going in again. And it's been a sort of us versus them. Do you think they wanted that to be the case when they set up the invasion of the champions? Or do you think maybe they just wanted it to be that for like one season? How do you feel? Uh, you know, do you think they created a monster here that they weren't expecting it to take off in the way that it did? Well, I, I just think that it, it gives – I hate to say it, but I think some of the older fellows that have been running the game for, for a long time easily have a target on their back, you know, because the newer faces come on and they're like, listen, we want to win. You know, like these people have won before. These people have played this game before. Uh, and, you know, they've done 18 seasons. How many? 10, 12, 13? I'm on two and three. Like get these fools out of here. You know, like I, I would – I would essentially think the same thing, you know, um, but at the same time, it gives some of these older folks that have done, you know, that that do have, you know, their back against the wall to sort of fight back. And we see them at their best when they're fighting back, when they're swinging back, you know, um, whether it's, you know, whether it's, it's it's fair gameplay or foul, like they're swinging back, man. And they're coming back with a vengeance. So I think that some of these characters, it's like we get enjoyment out of seeing some of our longtime favorites fighting back, you know? So, and you know, you have to look at the, their political game, you know, Wh whoever, wh whoever the odds are against, like, you know, seeing that, you know, political game and playing that political game is, is interesting. So, you know, I think that it's been set up for a long time for, are you the one to sort of take over? You know, but they haven't. It wasn't until now that the UK was sort of like banded together long enough to make it known that we're sticking together. UK is sticking together, you know, up until we saw we saw the breakup of, you know, Kyle and Bear going up against each other. And that sort of showed that, you know, sh showed where the divide was and where the lines were drawn. You know what I mean? You've got essentially Turkey, Turkey, U.S., and, and and the UK on one side, and then you have you've got uh, um, you know Wes Hunter and and a UK guy and Kyle on the other. So you know friendships do sort of, and when you're living in a house, like you start leaning towards a certain spot. Just like the Gus podcast, for example, like he you know he he was told by by Wes and, and Hunter to go into the room where you could essentially you know eavesdrop, but while he's, you know, they're trying to get him to eavesdrop, he's like, 
becoming friends with these people and it's getting harder for him to sort of vote these guys out. And he's kind of like at a cross, uh, like a crosser, like, who do I go against? You know, and he didn't have to make that choice, you know, because he didn't last long enough too. But, um, yeah, I do think that the game is sort of set up, you know, for, for people to, you know, go against the odds, you know, fight back, swim back. The Challenge Mania shop is open. Head over to challengemania.shop today for the best way to support the podcast while looking good doing it. New designs and items added every few weeks. Maniacs, time to mobilize. Check out challengemania.shop today. Mike Bongiovanni, do you think having inside info and knowing behind the scenes stuff taints your experience as a viewer? Do you ever wish you didn't know some of the things you know about the challenge? I mean, D, it's kind of only not really a question for you because you have been a part of the challenge for as long as you probably, right? I mean, do you want to go back to the the two years you were watching the challenge before you were on it? I mean, I think this is more of a question for me. Um, I'll be honest, Mike Bongiovanni. Um, you know, yes and no, because I, I do feel like when challenge mania came along and, you know, when D came back on the show, which of course, you know, sparked my interest again, um, elevated it, if you will. And also sparked this was, you know, D D getting back into it, um, as well. Um, you know, my, my, my affinity for the challenge and, and my level of, you know, fandom for it was probably at an all time low in the sense that I would let sometimes seven, eight episodes go by. Sometimes I'd let a whole season go by and then binge it. And I was definitely never plugged in on the Twitter sphere and all that good stuff at all. So, you know, when we started challenge mania and that of course came with it, all the, you know, like you said, a lot of the behind the scenes stuff and, you know, getting to know a lot of challengers and stuff like that's a new way for me to experience this show. And, and, It's not like I was holding near and dear to my heart this older experience where I could just take in the show and not know what happened. It's not that it was that it was that precious to me at that point. You know, maybe you go back five, six years. Yeah, sure. But but at that point, it was like, you know, I I think I was ready for a, a more evolved way of experiencing the show. And, you know, would it be, you know, maybe annoying to have to experience every show like that? You know, every single show? Probably, you know, it's like the, the book people, the people who read the Game of Thrones books and then had to just know what happened when they're watching the show. I tried doing that for half of a season or for one full season. I read half of a book. Um, yeah, that's uh, people are like you delinquent. I read half of a book just to see what would I like watching Game of Thrones knowing what happened. And I didn't. But the challenge um, you did, you did. You read all the books. No, I would watch the show and then I would go to work. And my boss would tell me he would be in the same place as I was in in the show that he was in in the book. And he may have been just a little bit ahead, um, but he was telling me about these hidden gems, you know, that, you know, well, this actually happened. So maybe like later on in the story or later on in the show, I would know or I would expect, oh, shoot, look, look out for this one character. Or this person is supposed to die or whatever, like. I don't know. I get enjoyment out of kind of, you know, for Game of Thrones, um, seeing how it all plays out, even knowing that, you know, even knowing some of the spoilers, you know what I mean? Um, you know, just because I, I know that maybe, you know, uh, Kyle and, and Bear are going into an elimination doesn't mean that I don't, that it ruins like the excitement of me seeing them 
go head to head and figuring out what the elimination was and how they got, you know, voted into elimination, you know, like that doesn't spoil it for me. It makes it kind of more interesting and exciting for me. Yeah. You know? That's the other thing, uh, Mike, is that it's not that we know exactly what happens every time. So, uh, you know, I, I'm still able to enjoy these episodes cause I don't know what anyone's going to say. I don't know what anyone's going to do. I don't know how they're going to cut it. I don't know. And I, to be honest with you, don't even know what's going to happen from time to time. Um, sometimes, you know, we'll be watching Lindsay will be like, who goes home? I'll be like, I don't, don't know. Actually, I really don't. Um, okay. Jennifer, this is an interesting question. I only have one friend who watches the challenge. I'm sorry, Jennifer. Well, message some maniacs on here. Make some new friends. Come to a challenge mania live. We always say no one ever comes to one actually alone. You leave with about 12 friends, um, at least. I only have one friend who watches the challenge, and we are both oldie goldie fans. Any advice on how to get other friends watching the challenge? D, how, what would be your pitch to someone who doesn't watch the challenge? Go ahead. Give him the best Derek Kaczynski kind of pitch. Um, go to Derek's Instagram and watch his old school videos. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Tell him there's this really humble guy, Derek Kaczynski, post videos, not just every of now himself, and then, but mainly of himself. And, uh, and that'll get well, you everyone, up. For the record, everyone on Instagram posts videos and pictures of themselves. So. That's the point of Instagram. You're right. Well, I also post photos and videos of my, my son, but Jessica Angle, Derek, how do you sleep with so much noise in a challenge house? I'm pretty sure there are a lot of drunken nights where you just pass out, but on a night where you just need to get some good old sleep, that's gotta be hard. Jessica says she's sure there's a lot of snoring going on on top of all the other stuff. So how do, you, do people use earplugs in the challenge house? What goes on there? I don't either. Either you're up drinking with everyone else because you're just hanging out with everybody else. And then when it's time to go to sleep, you kind of all like succumb to the fact that we're all going to bed. Um, if it's, it's, it's like if, if two out of the three people or three out of the four people are going to sleep in the room, you can actually request the challenge gods turn off the lights in your room. But if there's like two people still chattering while they're in bed, like the lights aren't going off. So the lights don't actually go off in the room until everyone sort of agrees we're all going to sleep in this room. So it's not like the whole challenge house is, is going bonkers. The doors do close. You don't hear what's going on outside. If you're in the, the air conditioned room in your room, if you're like in the yellow room or whatever, like it, you know, the lights can go out and you know, like, oh, the red room upstairs must be sleeping because the lights are all out. So everyone in there must be pretty much going to sleep except for Leroy, who's I'm talking to right now. And we're literally getting cereal in the middle of the night and not talking about anything. You're not going to want to record that shit anyway. You know, um, so, you know, that's, that's kind of how it works out. You know, it's not always like, and to be honest with you, like you're pretty much whether you're drinking or not that night, like you're kind of staying up to to watch the tv show live and in person you know because if say i'm not drinking but three of these people are uh say like the girls are having wine in in the pool and it's just them and you know you just kind of like roam around hang out and it's not like it's not like they're you know going nuts out there you know what i mean it's just like it's three people hanging out it's not like that loud you know what i mean um but usually everyone kind of succumbs to the fact that all right Everyone in this room is going to sleep. Can we get the lights turned off? Michael Erickson, at what point did you guys realize Challenge Mania was getting big enough to where it could be your full-time job? Uh, probably around the time we realized we did not have enough headspace or time to do it and another job. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, it took a lot of, um, you know, it took a lot of puzzle pieces to fall in place more more so than anything thank, thankfully to the patrons and some of the sponsors that we get 
and uh, everyone that shows up to the challenge media lives because um without you know everyone and all the maniacs like it wouldn't be able to happen but and it's all um, of that combined you know that yeah, makes it a full-time job it's like you know you might say like what you guys put out two two-hour podcasts where's all the time going but it's like you know the scheduling and the coordinating and the managing of the the websites and the patreon and the the interaction with the the patrons and you know any of the messaging on the facebook and the social media the promoting of the shows uh and this and that the booking of the guests it really does become uh, a full-time job and trying to you know stay with our ear to the ground and get plugged in with all the social media stuff we could not do it without who we call the pod squad i mean it it, yeah. it really the patrons are what make us and as d mentioned we have some great sponsors and you know uh this episode brought to you by better help uh one of our most more exciting sponsors we've had uh lately they're doing great work over at better help and uh, as i mentioned the mpac and all these other sponsors that we've had DraftKings, who have been fantastic and uh you've heard them if you listen to our show you know who our sponsors have been but um that's all fine and good the patrons and the pod squad are really who allow us to make this thing a full-time job and to dive headfirst into it the way that we need to. Because, you know, it's one of those things, if, if you're, you know, a lot of people do do podcasts while they maintain day jobs. I've done it before. Um, and that's all fine and good, but you do hit a point where, you know, if you're really doing, you're doing a disservice to one of those things, you know, one day your boss is going to call you in his office and say, Hey, when I go on social media, it looks like you don't even work here. It looks like you run this podcast. You know, and the, or, or your listeners are going to say, Hey, I keep writing you messages. I want to know what's wrong with the podcast player. I want to know when the next podcast is. I want to know who the guest is. You're not responding. And something we get a lot of credit for is, you know, our, our interaction with the maniacs and staying on top of stuff. And both of those things are, are pretty mutually exclusive. Unfortunately, you can do it for a little bit and, you know, we, we've tried, but thankfully to our patrons, the pod squad, we've been able to make this our main deal, at least for now. And we're looking for, for other ways to expand and other, Things to bring you guys. We like to toy around with that stuff over at patreon.com slash challenge mania. That's where you can get our bonus podcast series, the war room that comes to you every Wednesday night after war of the worlds. We will keep the big interviews over here for you for free over at iTunes and Podbean, not Podbean. Podbean was our old site. Thanks to Podbean. They were a great host site for about, uh, eight months, but then we got poached by Spreaker. Now we're over at, Spre at Spreaker. You can go to Spreaker.com to get us over there. Google Play, iHeartRadio, um, is where you can get our podcast. And, um, w the reason we're able to keep even one podcast for free, sometimes two over at iTunes is because of the patrons. And, um, that's where we like to test a lot of our other stuff. Like we'll, we'll do Survivor podcasts. We'll do a Game of Thrones podcast, WrestleMania preview we did over there, stuff like that. We do a lot of fun content. We did March Madness. We did Oscar pools. We do a lot of that cool stuff to try to branch out and see what else you guys are into over at patreon.com slash challenge mania. I want to shout out some of our newer patrons and members of the pod squad. Jordan Legrand, Scott Dunham, Jessica Hernkiar, Jessica Robin, Amanda Valentine, Kelly, Julie Pena, Tyler, Crystal Litz, Doug Sheeran, Carmen Johnson, Brianna Kay, Elaine Plack, Sammy, Andrea Sanchez, Nina Madsen, uh, Mara Nagler, Sarah Starr, Colleen Weinstein, Sean Allen, Sherry DeVito, Robert Stewart, Jamie Ingerski. Thank you guys so much for becoming Challenge Mania patrons. We really appreciate you. And we've got a good one for you guys coming up this week on The War Room, D. What time is it in The War Room this week? It's Tony time, Scott. Tony, Tony time. time. That's right. Tony Reigns. It's been a while. 
It's been a yeah. while. And what's fun is Tony's been on the show before. We've talked to Tony about Chancellor versus Stars, where he won the last championship over there. We've talked to him about what went down with him in Pasta Gate. We've talked to him about the inception of the name Tony Two Kids. We've talked to him about all of his work on the challenge, but we're having him on to talk about everyone else's work on this season of the challenge. That's right. In the war room, you and I talk about that week's episode. I think this week we might branch out and talk a little bit about the season as a whole because we have Tony on who we haven't gotten his perspective on the season as a whole. But this Wednesday, sign up, become a patron. Maniac level patrons get the war room the day it goes up. You can submit questions right after the show. Be a part of the podcast. Patreon.com slash challenge mania. We had a great guest last week. One of our favorites, Melinda Collins and uh, D. Uh, before we wrap this thing up, we are going to play uh, a snippet, a lengthy snippet, that is, of last week's episode with Melinda Collins, so that technically you guys got a little bit of a guess this week. And it also gives you a sneak peek of what we do over in the War Room. But before we do that, theimpact.com slash mania. Use the code mania to get 15% off all of Emily Schramm's amazing products and amazing swag. they got some really cool Evolve Motion gear over there. Check out the shop in addition to the impacts and the weights and the other workout stuff that she sells over there. BetterHelp.com. I mentioned them. One of our favorite sponsors. Shouts to BetterHelp. And remember, ChallengeMania.shop. Free shipping on orders over $45 until May 4th, including the new Game of Thrones-inspired gear. The line just went up this Monday, flying off the shelves. Send us those pictures of you in your Game of Thrones gear. If you order Game of Thrones gear and send us the photos of you rocking that stuff, we will send you, if you're a patron, that is, we will send you a Challenge Mania Challenge Accepted bumper sticker. That's right. Take a photo in the Game of Thrones swag send it to us challenge accepted literally and figuratively d i'll give you the last word before we hit him with a little bit of melinda collins and get out of here uh if you're celebrating easter if you're with family this week happy easter uh enjoy your time with your family i'm going to chicago i'm gonna see my family i might see brad actually too scott uh we might be going hitting up this ninja gym so uh, but besides that little man's coming we're bringing his baseball stuff we're bringing his football stuff and uh, I'm just going to enjoy my time out there. So uh, to everybody, happy holidays if you are celebrating this week. You said baseball stuff. You know what it reminded me of? You ever said movie Liar, Liar? Baseball stuff! I uh, do not recall, Scott. All right, buddy. Have fun in Chicago. Go Cubs. Thanks, man. For sure. All oh, right. we might be going to one of those, too. Ah, you're going to go to Wrigley Field. The friendly confines. Maybe. 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 And shouts to... I have not watched either fight yet, but shouts to... The four guys in the two top fights over at the UFC last weekend. I heard they were like two of the best fights in a long time. New interim champ Dustin Poirier from uh, New Orleans, and uh, and of course uh, they call him the the last style bender. And uh, he had a, a really great fight. I heard with Kelvin Gastelum. I have to check these fights out, but apparently they were amazing. So shout yeah, out yeah. To and if you haven't seen if you haven't seen Poirier, Poirier's last fight too, that was pretty awesome. I missed it too because I'm just. I, mean, I, I buy fights like every now and then, man. I just can't buy every fight. You know what I mean? Um, totally. But I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna order the next Poirier fight. Yeah. Shouts to my like, man Brian Khabib. for trying to get me those fights, even though I wasn't able to watch them. But shouts to my man Brian. He's a uh, he's a Challenge Mania patron. He's a Challenge Maniac. Shouts to Brian. All right, guys. Here we go. Melinda Collins, and uh, enjoy the rest of your week. We should have a really great guest for you next week here on Challenge Mania. And as I said tonight in the war room, Tony Reigns. 
But back to the war room. Let's do this. So we have a lot of questions that we'll get to. And we got some that came in specifically for you because people are smart. And they're like, ooh, they have a guest. If I ask the guest a question, they might ask my question. So those people were smart. But before, I just want to get your general thoughts on what you've thought of the season so far. Um, A lot of people have been really digging it. So I know we talked a little bit about this early on in the season. But now that we've kind of weeded out some of the challenge favorites, a lot of the rookies have, have done very well. And you still have your good friend Wes in the game. What are your overall thoughts on what we've seen so far 10 episodes in? I am absolutely loving this season. I like how there's such a variation of the challenges. It's not, I I feel like they're different than they've been in the past where it's like, okay, now it's just a height swan. And then it's, you know, trivia. It's, it's been this totally different switch up of, of the, uh, actual challenges that they're doing. And I find them all enthralling. I'm like, I totally want to try that. That just looks so badass. So I'm loving it. I really love the influence that the, the UKers are having. And I've, I've actually liked the influx of having all these newbies because it switches it up. And then the whole twist of now they're on their own. It's just so freaking cool. It's like, what else are you going to give us? It's I'm, I'm all in on this season. This is actually one of the seasons where if like Maddie's not home, I'm like, I'm going to watch it without you. <laughs> like I, I wait until eight o'clock to be able to watch the season. It's so good. And then obviously, yes, Wes is on there. So I love rooting for him. It's so great seeing that Nani's back, you know, so it's, it's fun. It, it's a kind of the old G's coming back. Oh my God. My Wisconsin accent just really came out there, but <laughs> oh, the old G's. OG, oh yeah. OG, that's funny. OG <laughs> is also like a badass old school player on a show. It's also what you say when you like realize that the bank is closed because you showed up at 5.15. OG, the bank's closed. <laughs> exactly. So who are some of the newer folks that have caught your eye? Because, you know, there's been a ton of standouts, so many that like I'm concerned for some of the like fringe veteran cast members or some of the maybe even newer cast members from that last crop that came in because this cast has been so strong as far as the rookies go and so many of them have made it so far so we've gotten a really you know uh, we've gotten like a full character arc for a lot of them so it'll be hard to like you know not bring back a maddie or a theo or a georgia or a turbo or a bear it's like what do you do here with a future season so who are you who are like your top two or three i always love a good villain so i was totally loving bear as like kind of hard as he is to watch sometimes because you just want to be like shut up or like you're I'm sure in real life when you're working with him he's probably annoying to the fact like I would imagine he's the type of guy who's always on but I love watching him he reminds me of a character from Smoke and Aces I don't know if you remember that movie oh yeah I do yeah so he's just I don't know he's like a, a villain and like I'm even like Game of Thrones a Ramsey, he's my favorite on the show, Whoa, which is, really? is terrible. And so it's so funny that somebody made that Game of Thrones meme with Wes being Reek and Bear being Ramsey because <laughs> yeah. that's like who I picture him to be. So he's he was very very enthralling for me to watch. Um, uh, actually, and this is not a newbie this season, but I've really grown to love Kyle. Interesting. Yeah. You know, it's not that I never had a distaste for him or anything, but he never kind of, I hate to say it this way, but like did anything for me. Like I never was like rooting for him or against him in this one. I'm like rooting for him. It's like, cause he's almost like the underdog who keeps coming back and keeps fighting. And this challenge tonight, it was pretty cool to see. I mean, obviously they both didn't know anything about trivia. It seemed, um, 
but he gave his all. I, I thought that was really cool. So who do you root for in that instance? Cause these are two of your faves. <sighs> you just mentioned they're going head to head. Yeah. You know, and, and this one, I was probably more rooting for Kyle just because it was like, okay, you know, like enough with the same bear stuff. And he was popping off earlier to Wes, you know, I have to have Wes's back on this one, <laughs> but it was kind of like a, a win-win situation. You know, I'm rooting for Kyle because I like seeing him develop as a person and he's very witty in his commentary. And then Bear, he's just, you know, that train wreck that everybody has to watch. So it's fun. And then I think Georgia is just the sweetest ever. Like it just seeing her bawling her ass off, like I it was it was touching. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anyone has ever cried that passionately watching me leave anything for any amount yeah. of time. Like my parents when I went to college. I mean, never yeah. has anyone cried like that. And it's like she's going to see him in three weeks if she wants to. It's like amazing that she had that much emotion for seeing him walk out. Now, I don't know if they edited it out or he just wasn't allowed to or anything, but didn't seem like he didn't really acknowledge her on the way out. That was kind of cold. Yeah, well, he kind of even said, too, he's like he couldn't look her in the face he felt like a failure i don't know the exact words he used but so maybe it was like a man yeah like a man so but i have to i know we're jumping around here but i kind of felt like he almost gave up in that elimination round and obviously i don't know how many rounds they really went you know because we obviously don't see everything but i was expecting a little bit more from him i was kind of disappointed d what about you what'd you think of this elimination between bear and the maiden fair uh, I thought, I thought, I thought it was cool that Kyle is, as you mentioned, grow, he's sort of growing on you. I think he's growing on the, the challenge fan base. Um, he's turning into like a, a major player in this game. Um, he's actually sided with the vets, um, as opposed to Turbo Paul, Turbo Pauly and what's now going to be Kyle. Well, he doesn't um, have a choice though. Yeah. Well, because he can't side with them because of Polly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but the Polly and Turbo Alliance just sort of kind of came to mm-hmm. fruition. You know, for a while there, we were questioning, is Kyle in the UK Alliance? You know, and the whole time, I believe me and Scott were like, well, we think he's playing both sides. We think he's playing both sides. And lo and behold, you know, he's sort of, he's not, you know, in with Bear and Theo, which are the, you know, the, the, the last of the UK breed, um, essentially. And it's now, you know, turning into a three and three, three to three game. But, um, I just think that, you know, that was clearly shown tonight. You know what I mean? And, um, as far as like, as far as just the competition itself goes, like I, I, I I thought it was, I thought it was pretty cool. I think he, I think Kyle's earning his stripes is especially in some of these like tougher, you know, challenge eliminations. You know, we've already, we've seen him go against, you know, P, uh, PJ and, uh, PJ and CT, JP and CT. I was like, and who's PJ? I keep on calling him PJ. <laughs> and then, um, and then we see him going against, uh, you know, this is, although this was like a little bit, a little trivia y, um, with the help from the peanut gallery, you know, they oh, got the answers. My God. <laughs> well, not with Japan, but, you know, right. Wes tried to, Wes tried to, um, swindle the up. game. Mm-hmm. A little bit too. And then someone gave the right answer. I believe Polly gave the right answer. So. But it was funny because um, Kyle was like, well, I can count. <laughs> yeah. All you have to do is add the numbers up to each other, but. 
Yeah. He's, what I think I, what, why he's grown on me the most is because when he's in his, his, uh, interviews, he's so self-deprecating. Yeah. And you know, it's almost like he's not even rooting for himself. And then when he gets into these eliminations and the challenges, it's like he turns it on and it's, it's cool to watch. I don't know. Well, I'm a fan well, now. well the, the the best way to win people over is to tell them that you suck and then you don't suck. Sure. <laughs> you know, um, actually, you just show that you're at least pretty good, you know, and then it's kind of like humble and it's modest and it's, you know, a respectful way to go about it. And he's very like, you know, I don't want to go in. I shouldn't go in. I hope I don't go in. Mm-hmm. Please don't put me in. And then, he goes, and then it was cute how like sad he was that Maddie wasn't his partner anymore, too. That was cute. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think that that was. I think those are like, you know, slightly ulterior, you know, ulterior sure. based because she's, the, you know, even the way she said it, she's like, I am a hurricane. Like these girls have no chance. So it was, you know, the growth of Kyle, it, it is, it's, it's happening and it's, you know, I, I've met him in person. I've hung out with him and uh, I actually brought it, bought him his first drink in, in the U S and uh fun fact um, for your trivia challenges, Scott at Challenge Menu Lives. There you but, go. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, he, he, he's he's playing. What uh, was that drink? Do you remember? Ugh, I don't. I don't. You lost that. your own trivia game. Was it like English <laughs> breakfast tea? No, nah, I was like, whatever he wants, whatever he wants, whatever what he was wants. It? You said you're drinking on Saturday, cherry coke and crown or something. So, so to be fair, to be fair. It, I, he bought his first drink at a bar before he met with us, but I bought, I was the first person to, to purchase, purchase a drink a for drink him. For him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's all just that like, welcome to the U S welcome to Chicago, bro. Um, this is a good question. So, uh, the winner of this challenge also received a Burger King prize pack. Morgan wants to know, Derek and Melinda, how hard is it to act excited for a prize like this when it's presented to you? So what exactly did this entail? Is this a meal or something? Oh, no, you're excited because a lot of time you're just eating craft food. It's like a buffet and sometimes the food really sucks. So anytime you can get any sort of American food, it's exciting. Truly. At least in my experiences, it was. Oh, so it's not even, you don't even need to hide it. It's legitimately enthralling to hear that you have a Whopper Jr. coming your way. Yeah, Derek, like when we were in Prague, remember, it was like chicken and rice every day. There was like nothing else. And then one of the times we got like pizza or something, I was like, you went nuts. You were just (laughs) so excited. It was like somebody's birthday in kindergarten. You got the treats for the day. It was very exciting. Yeah, it's bittersweet, you know, because you're on this TV show and you've, you know, you're like really trying to like keep it together. And like when you, you know, like keep your, you know, keep your body together for like TV purposes, for, you know, for challenge purposes and stuff like that. And then, you know, and then they throw you the Burger King thing. And then you're also like, you know, they're like, oh, we'll give this to you for a year. Right. Like, I believe. Oh, yeah. That like that Subway. Was the pre- well, they're like, here's Bur- you have free Burger King for an entire year. And you're like, wow, that would be so cool if I was had a bunch of kids <laughs> and I didn't care about what I was putting down in my body these days and preparing for a challenge. That would be awesome, you know, but, um, you know, don't get me wrong. Like I, lo- I, every time I go, I, I get a Whopper junior and cheese, you know, two Whopper juniors and cheese and, and fries. Every time I do Burger King, it's just not that often. You know what I mean? Right. Um, 
But when you're there, it's like anything American. You just cannot wait to. I mean, because even remember, it's a delicacy. No, don't get me wrong. Listen, when we have like pizza nights and stuff like that, like you're talking about, or like all of a sudden they're like, "Hey, you guys are getting, um, you know, you guys are getting McDonald's, but it's just cheeseburgers and fries." Who wants a hamburger? Who wants a cheeseburger? Like, I think we've had nights like that, too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, you're like, yeah, dude, we haven't had that. We're going to have Big Macs tonight. Like, Do you remember in um, Australia when we got McDonald's and there was beets on all of the burgers? Uh, like the, I, the root vegetable beet? I, I, I don't remember that. I no, think okay. I, was, I think I was drunk, actually. <laughs> sure, but it was, like, so exciting. <laughs> you get this beet on a hamburger. It's like, No. Yeah, I, I, there, there have been, yeah, you're right. Like when you go to other countries, like they do sort of make things different. They like fry it in different oil, you know, everything. Mm-hmm. It does definitely taste like a, a little different. Yeah. I also want to say too, when Turbo, he was like, Oh my God, I love Burger King. I like I just got this big smile on my face. It was just so cute. <laughs> yeah. Turbo had a, a pretty interesting episode here. Why don't we, awesome. Let's back all the way up to the daily. So daily challenge, guys and gals competing against each other in a way because the top three get to be the tribunal. Turbo goes down and uh, is almost, you know, medically impaired for a little bit, still somehow manages to have one of the best uh, totals there and ends up in Just the tribunal, badass. of course, which is like the epitome of badass. And then um, we see and a couple people. And then the paramedic. If he wins, he's going to throw her a big party. Yeah, he, he's just unbelievable because what I it's funny because he's almost he's almost got the the like challenge mentality of saying absurd things and talking in sound bites. But it's filtered through someone whose English is clearly their second, if not third or fourth language. So it comes out in different spurts and sometimes doesn't is it necessarily the way one of us would say it, but it makes it that much better. You know, and it makes it better Mm -hmm. during the moment like that. It makes it better during the blow up against Hunter. It makes it far more intimidating when he's yelling at someone. I mean, like these other guys who almost like talk themselves in circles to where it's it's comical when you hear some of these guys get all hyped up. But he is so just like stoic and to the point that you're just like, I want no part of you. And Hunter, who was standing his ground verbally, like it seemed like he he never kind of backed down, but it subtly you're kind of like, should. Would you be backing down right now? I don't know. Um, but so let's talk about that. So let's talk about this daily. Here's an interesting question again from Morgan. So what type of equalizers do you think they're doing since this challenge was top three instead of best guys and best girls? Cause this one was, I mean, there's a little bit of strength involved here. There's a little, I mean, the wind is obviously like you would think somebody heavier would have an advantage and somebody with a bit more strength just naturally built into their core. And, and you saw it here, three guys end up winning this thing. So, um, were there equalizers? Well, you know, I guess the, the the time thing is interesting too because Maddie got all she got seven, right? Was there eight total? She but got, she got seven. You there's a possibility of ten. Ten, okay. Uh, but a lot of the guys, Turbo, um, Theo got seven, Paulie got eight, and Maddie got seven. So I then thought it came Kyle down got the time. And Kyle got yeah. seven. And Kyle. So got I was trying to figure out. It's like you know, is it a weight thing that you know, if you're a little bit heavier, would you get past it and then it, it, I could not I was like really racking my brain trying to figure out like what would the equalizer on this one be and I have no clue and like Derek do you feel like there's a a strategy going into something like that I mean how do you even 
What, I mean, because it looked like when you were against the wall, like people were against the walls, it was worse yeah. than when you were in the middle. I don't know. This was a, a weird one. And, and, may, and, may, and maybe that was the strategy. But what do you mean by equalizer? Who, why would you mention an equalizer? Well, well, for the so girls, for instance, Mackenzie mean? said, I feel like the guys would automatically have an advantage being heavier. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if you, you're going out there in the wind, you know, and someone who's heavier is going to get bl- blown less than someone who isn't as heavy. So, but then you got to look at like Hunter. I mean, he, I would think he's among the heaviest guys and he didn't, he only had five. Yeah. yeah. Cara so got that's fi- what I don't Cara, know. And Cara got five. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Maddie, if you think about it, if Maddie did the best out of the, the women, she probably, I mean, she is the biggest out of them, you know. Maybe what, height? Uh, maybe height helps. Oh. And then also, I mean, there was a bit of a strategy thing here where some people just didn't do well because they didn't listen to the rules. Um, yeah. And then, as you mentioned, <laughs> you know, I think the people who kind of tried different things and, and had the best approach did better as well. So, but it's interesting here. Like, they don't, it just goes back to the thing where, you know, we've had challenges in the past. There was one last season I can remember where, um, they were carrying these heavy balls up a, up a hill, and it was the one that Cam and, and Kaylee ended up uh, coming in last, and they were purged and, and eliminated. And it was you know made clear after the fact that it was done by body weight, and I forget if that was mentioned on the show. So it's one of those things where we can't – unfortunately, we can't rely on whether they're telling us or not whether there is kind of an evening of the playing field. But I'd imagine that it, – it's interesting. If you're having – Guys and, and ladies going for the same prize here, which is the tribunal. I mean, it ends up being a guy elimination. So the, the girls don't necessarily need it as much this week, but you got to think there has to be something, you know, cause some, cause if weight's involved, if even wind with, which indi- indirectly kind of involves weight, like I would want to know, like, is there something that's evening the playing field? Or if there's not, you know, maybe we'll see it where the if the top three are always the tallest or the the smallest or whatever it is. Then obviously something needs to be you know employed there. So interesting. I think. I, yeah. I I think this is being I think this is being overthought, and I just think that the wind is blowing. Uh, whatever it is, I don't think that they ease up more or less whether you're a guy or a girl. Um, I think that maybe with what your there is a strategy to it. Like say if Melinda's saying. If you're going closer to the walls, that wind may be pounding on the sides of the walls and, and, and hitting back to where making, you know, the middle of it, um, easier to go through. Um, maybe there's a strategy from that standpoint, but it's also like just going for it. You know, it's also like being like, I'm going to blast through this and that's it. I'm going to keep my legs moving. There's no slowing down. I'm not going to worry about the slipperiness. It's about just kind of just like going all out. You know, you saw some of the guys just straight cutting through this thing. I mean, you know, they were cutting through it, you know? So it's like, you know, maybe the strategy is to go as fast as you can. Um, and any, 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 any slowing down, any like, you know, Oh, let me feel this out. Let me see how this feels. No, it's like momentum and go, you know, seemed like maybe the strategy, you know? Yeah. And maybe because it was a men's elimination, maybe, you know, the challenge gods didn't even feel like they needed any sort of equalizer on this one anyways. So I don't have, I guess I don't have a good enough answer. For D it. doesn't even like that. People want to know this stuff. D's like, just let it happen. Why do you need to know well, the sausage is well, made, guys? No, just no, eat the no. sausage. Choke it down. I, will, I really don't care either. Look, the, it's either they, you know, if they're talking about, they threw a number out there and said 150 mile an hour winds, you know, 
then maybe they went to a hundred mile an hour winds for the for the girls. You know what I mean? Maybe. Yeah. Right, but we want to know that. We yeah, want to know if that would change. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, you want to know? We all, all right. want to know. Here's mm-hmm. one for Alyssa. Once or twice a season, we see challenges where challengers get hurt or need a medic, like Turbo. Has there ever been a time when a challenge had to be canceled because it turned out to be too dangerous or something <sighs> similar? In your guys' experience, uh, like canceled. Like canceled? for instance, you're out there and they realize, oh, you know what, the tide is too high. We're doing it tomorrow. Or you're out we, there and they realize yep. the wind is too much. Guys, get off the crane. Go get your chicken and rice. We're calling it a day. Something like that. Or someone does it and they realize, wow, this looks bad. I think when we were in Prague, we had a day where we were supposed to go out and then the weather was bad. So it got pushed to the next day, but nothing where I was ever on a challenge where like we were already out there doing it and it got canceled that I can think of. Yeah, I don't, I not to my recollection, there's definitely times where like it's pushed back like a couple hours or the elimination is you know, sometimes we go, oh, since it's a late elimination, like sometimes these eliminations are at like midnight. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and you're like, oh, since since it's it's at midnight and it's taking so long, then it's probably taking them forever to put it up. Or maybe there was a problem with the elimination ground with the contraption. So that's why it's taking forever to for for us to start. You know, that's 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 the conspiracies that we have. We're like, oh, it must be a janky one. Or it must be since we're starting at eight o'clock and we're leaving early, it's going to be a long one or uh-huh. um, or, or the setup or the setup must have been. It must be just they must just have the ring out there and we're going to fight with the stick. It's an easy setup. So we're just going to go early. You know, uh, those are some of the conspiracies we have, like have things gotten shut down. Like uh, I believe it's just like you know, uh, like a hurry up and wait game sometimes. Like if the weather's bad, they're like, all right, we're going to wait this out. You know, the, it's, it's raining. It's been raining for days. It's, our, our, our set's flooded, you know, so we can't go out there, you know, today. And I don't really even know if they tell us that. Um, I just know, like, when, uh, you know, there there was actually a uh, – here's, here's a good one. Here's a good one. So, um, I – it was the Gauntlet 2. And I, it was, it landed on, um, it was, uh, Cyrus got picked. It was me versus Cyrus. And TJ spun the wheel and it landed on, uh, like take your pick or whatever. I get to pick what, what I wanted to be, wanted it to be. And I actually picked, um, the climbing elimination. Cause I was like, ah, oh, I'll blow, I'll blow, you know, I'll, I'll blow him out of the water. You know, this should be easy. He's way heavier than I am. You know, I'm lighter. I'm going to climb faster. Done deal. Easy, easy pickings. They're like, well, actually you can't pick that one. Um, you're going to have to pick a different one. That one's out of order or it doesn't, you know, the, the, the contraption broke. Like we can't, it's not workable. You have to pick something else. So that's how beach brawl got picked versus Cyrus was I didn't ha- I didn't know what the other two eliminations were on this little spinning wheel thing. Um I don't think I wanted to do name that coconut again cuz it was too janky. It was too like trivia-y. So I didn't want to play him in a game where it's like trivia and I got to fight fight a 230-pound guy. I saw you and Brad write about that on Twitter. What was name that coconut? I don't remember that at all. So so that, that that's funny that he he mentioned that. It's it's there were uh 30 coconuts 
in, in like say an end zone. Pretend it's like there's like an end zone and we have to run from like say, you know, 15 yards away into this like fighting zone that has like 30 coconuts with people's names on it from that season. So TJ would, would ask a question and we would have to run over there and sort of like body check each other looking for this coconut. And, you know, we would, you know, we think we know the answer. We might not know the answer. If you picked the right answer and walked out with it or picked the wrong answer, walked out with it, you know, it was just like tonight's, tonight's competition. You, you know, it, it was a wash. If you got it wrong, if you walked out with it and you got it wrong or you battled with the coconut and <laughs> made it past the, 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 the touchdown line or end zone line, um, you know, the, the other person got a chance if you, if you're wrong with, with no, no fighting involved, you know? Um, but it was up to like five. It was, you had to get five answers right. You had to sift through these coconuts. You had to battle for each coconut, then battle through your opponent, um, to, to get across like, you know, the end zone line pretty much or the touchdown or whatever. Um, so that was a, that was a fun one. That was my first elimination ever was named that coconut. It was similar to tonight's except, they were playing with balls. We were playing with like coconuts, you know, as that's like, what he said. Yeah. yeah. Um, breaking news. <laughs> it reminds me of that, that big brother, um, elimination round or whatever it is. I just watched big brother, the celebrity one, but the one before that, when they had that goofy skunk or whatever, and they had to like slide down and f- dig through the mud or whatever it was to find the name. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's well, you're talking about the one where uh, they have the uh, the thing at the at the top of the slide and they have to yeah. like yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that that challenge is uh, I think they do it every season on Big Brother. And uh, there was someone I think it was last season was it Rockstar who had like just an awful like she should have won but she but told Tyler, someone the answer. Yeah, she told him mm-hmm. the answer right. Uh-huh. She was like, it's this one, right? And he was like, uh-oh, I have the wrong one. And then he went and got it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was that. But anyway. I remember um, seeing that one. So uh, breaking news, guys. Apparently, oh. according to Cara Maria's Instagram, okay. the, uh, the fire alarm went off at the cast hotel in the UK, and they're being evacuated at 2 a.m., five hours before a 7 a.m. call time for the reunion filming. Oh, my <laughs> God. Dude, it, there's it's always something, man. It's like you put these people together, you put this energy together, it, it, and things are going to just combust. So and now they're taking fire. odds on who was the one who rang the, you know, oh, fire Bear, alarm. Bear totally uh, <laughs> pulled the fire alarm. See, he's the villain you love to hate. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if you think about and it, it 2 a.m. accomplice. And 2 a.m. is definitely funny. early enough to where somebody's just coming back from the pub, as they call yep. it, and, and you got Kara and Polly are in bed doing whatever they're doing or being responsible. Polly doesn't drink a ton, but like some of these UK guys, they're probably out getting blitz. They come back. I mean, they're sitting there like, oh no, the fire alarm went off at 2 a.m. We have a 7 a.m. reunion call. D, Melinda, both of you guys, nobody takes these reunion filming seriously. Some people will like pull an all nighter before that thing. So it was, da- I, I'm putting it on a cast member who pulled that alarm. Mm hmm. Yeah. It was 
Johnny was the accomplice, but Bear did the pulling. Johnny would would not do it himself. He would convince somebody else to do it. You're uh, right, because he knows there's too I many cameras. He doesn't want to actually get because if you get in trouble at a foreign country, you're screwed. So that's something where there's thousands of other guests there. You get in trouble for something like that, you could get uh, kicked out fast. That could be really bad, or just get sh- held up in a jail uh, over there, Scotland uh, Yard style. I, I'm not I'm not 100 saying that Johnny wouldn't do the pulling. There's another theory going around, guys, that Ashley, the beast, was just trying to lean up on it, uh, up against the wall. But he's so ripped (laughs) that his arm went through the glass and pulled down the fire alarm. And that is what, in fact, but more news on this as it comes in, guys. This is what this is sure to be something people are talking about for days to come. But let's go back to the the interaction between Turbo and Hunter that was teased all week. If you ask me, it's one of the few times it actually kind of lived up to the hype. Most of the time you see like an altercation in a clip or a teaser or a trailer. Then they show it on the show and it ends up being like 0.5 seconds longer than the thing you already saw online. But this was much longer. This just went on forever into the next morning. Turbo intimidating as hell. What do you guys think about this? We got a couple of people who wrote in this. Julian Banks wrote in, uh, Rebecca Siegel. They both want to know, do you think he overreacted? Did he react appropriately? And D, what would you have done in this situation? Well, I mean, is, is Hunter just like, what is he doing, man? You know, like he totally picked that fight, right? Like multiple times. Like he wasn't, he, like he wasn't stopping at, you know, the first, like, I would, I don't know what he said. I'd fuck him up. He was like, I'd fuck him up with one arm tied behind my back. You don't fuck me man. up. Nobody fuck me up. Yeah, but, I, you know, that's, I feel like that's another one of those situations where, you know, somebody, you know, look, somebody views like kindness as a weakness or quietness as a weakness. You know, and then you poke the bear, you poke the bear, and you poke it again. And he fucking went nuts, dude. And you know, I I understand. Like, you, you, like you can't just be telling people you're gonna fuck them up on TV. Like, you know, then Turbo is a different breed, man. And, and saying it's gonna be easy is basically how yeah. he was saying it too. Yeah. But but Turbo came in with that colorful commentary of calling him a chicken and not wanting to slap him because that would be animal abuse. I laughed out loud. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So good. See, that's like got such nuance to it. Like, that's like a good like one liner for the comedy seller. That's what's funny about him is that at times you're almost like, oh, like, you know, I wish you you kind of could do more with the English language. And then he drops something like that. And you're like, I think you're kind of playing all of us. I mm-hmm. think that you, cause that like to say, or maybe there's a chance he, someone fed him that line. That's a possibility. I just, no. thought, I just thought of that. But, but I will say like to, to, he kept pushing the chicken thing, just pushing the chicken thing. And then to say like, I would have hit him, but it would be called animal abuse. Like that's, that's like a Johnny bananas West level line right there coming out of turbo's mouth. So kudos to him. Challenge Brilliant. certainly had fun with it on their Instagram. I mean, on their Twitter here, they've already used it. They, uh, they love that. So turbo, honestly, a lot of people talking about turbo for rookie of the year, next year's challenge mania awards, turbo coming in hot with the funniest commentary too. You know, it doesn't smack you in the face like Davon or Marie or, or Jemmy or, or Johnny or Wes even, but I mean, he not only has funny commentary in the, in the chair, but he's had some funny in scene commentary too. So he's a funny guy. I think he's going to get a nomination. 
I, I, I'd probably vote for him because I literally like laughed out loud. The other time too was, uh, Davon's commentary earlier when she's, oh, yeah. I don't know if she's talking about D, but she got blown back to Oz. I was like, how do you come up with something like that? It was like brilliant and hilarious. She's, yeah, no, she's she, funny. She's probably going to get my vote until she retires or gets her own show or goes back to Big Brother. But she had a funny thing during uh, the whole Baron Hunter thing where she's like, she's like, who's going to fuck up who? She's like, who? You're going to do what? Like, and it's just like exactly what I think we were all thinking at the time. I also uh-huh. enjoy watching my wife. Well, just she loves Turbo so much, Lindsay. She she just everything he says to her is gold. She just loves him. I think she loves his stand up attitude. I think she likes how respectful he is to to women and and but also I think loved him in this moment where it's very rare that that Lindsay gets behind somebody that is just projecting so much testosterone and energy as he was in this moment, but she likes him so much. He's built up so much goodwill with her over these 10 episodes that I saw her. She's actually like smiling at him blowing up at Hunter during this. And she likes Hunter too, but she's, she's so team turbo that she's got the blinders on. But it was so, it was so over the top coming from, from Hunter. You know what I mean? Just like so over the top. Sorry, go ahead, Melinda. No, I was just going to say, is like from a, a woman's standpoint, it's like, he's like, his personality is like an ideal man because you want, you want a manly man who's not going to take any shit from anybody, but then could say all these sweet, loving, endearing, I got my girl's back sort of comments. So I think, you know, he could have his own rom-com or something. So. That's all. So I get where Lindsay's coming from. He would definitely be a good like co-lead on a TGIF, like not the eight o'clock hour, not the, maybe like the <laughs> nine thirty. You know, the nine thirty is just like Turbo Time or something, and it's him and like maybe Mark Paul Gosler, Tom Everett Scott or something. They're, With an awesome laugh track. I just remembered also Davon had the thing at the beginning of the episode where she's like, "It's just me and Jesus," and then it said like her partner, it said Jesus. That mm-hmm. was funny. Like that's like when you're having a little bit of fun with the lower third stuff in the editing room. Kudos to you guys. That was that was hilarious. Have you ever wanted to do your best impression of CT carrying Johnny Bananas around like a backpack on Cutthroat? Well, now you can with the M-Pack, the fully functional backpack that doubles as a weight training pack. And our girl Emily Schramm is nice enough to hook up Challenge Mania listeners with 15% off your entire order. Just go to www.thempack.com slash mania and enter the code mania at checkout. Now, I know what you might be thinking. Scott, who do you think I am? Leonardo Decathlon? I'm not ready to carry an impact full of weights yet. I sit around listening to you and D all day and watching Vendetta's trailers. Well, MPAC also has really cool-looking gear as well. They've got soft, comfy sweatpants, a really dope hat, t-shirts, and some other gear that looks good on everyone and makes awesome gifts for the active person or challenge fan in your life. So if you want to show some love to one of the nicest challenge competitors around, Emily Schramm, and support the Challenge Mania podcast, all while scoring some sick new threads, workout gear, or backpacks in the process, go to www.thempack.com mania. And remember to use the code mania to get 15% off your whole order. Not 10%, we're talking 15% off. Anybody who cops some gear sends DNI a picky sporting it, we'll be sure to retweet you, shout you out on the show, and show you some love. With the new iPhone SE for less than 100 bucks at Metro, you rule. It's the most affordable iPhone on the number one brand in prepaid. So whether you're studying online or FaceTiming, Hey, Mom. Hi, dear. The iPhone SE has all you need. Switch to Metro and get the iPhone SE for $99.99 after rebate redemption and six months of service with AutoPay. Metro by T-Mobile. Rule your day. 
Limit one per account slash household. Requires port and ID validation. Not valid for numbers currently on the T-Mobile network or active on Metro in past 90 days. Restrictions apply. See store for details.